Hello, and welcome to the Gone But Not Forgotten podcast. I'm Audrey Cornell. And I'm Louise Coleman. Today, we will be talking about the films of Bruce and Brandon Lee. And this is a special episode because we're covering two people in one. And then we're also going to be talking about all of their films. For Bruce, we're just talking about his martial arts movies because, unfortunately, it seems that most of his child acting films are lost. So we couldn't get around to those. Which is such a shame. Yeah, I guess we could just start by talking about our general thoughts on both of them and how we were first introduced. With Bruce, I feel like it was like I've always known about him. Just from like his legacy and like pop culture. Uh, I've never seen any of his films before, before prepping for this. Um, I knew obviously about the yellow and black suit in Kill Bill. That is the same as his suit in Game of Death. And I knew that it was Bruce Lee that wore that. I knew that he was a martial arts star. I was wrong about how he died as well. I thought he was the same as Brandon where he died on a film set. Why did I have that thought? I don't even know. But then reading it about it in the book, in his biography, I was shocked about how that happened. I just knew of him. I think it was just a case of just never really watching any of his films. Complete opposite of Brandon where I didn't know anything of him. Yeah. I think I only knew that he was Bruce's son and then I knew that he died when he filmed the crow but yeah i did have an opinion of brandon which is ironic now that i love brandon so much and possibly a little bit more than bruce i just well i know that is a controversial thing to say at the beginning i love them both i love my boys so much but yeah i this these are people that i really wanted to get into i just never had the chance to and i'm so glad we have it now yeah do this so what about you audrey what about you I'd always known about Bruce Lee because I think he's just in the public conscious. Actually, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was like the first I was really ever exposed to him, even though that's not really anything to do with him. And we'll get more into that in a future episode. But then I watched Enter the Dragon last year. And I was like, oh, okay. I think the main thing I remember about it was how little he was actually in the film because I always thought that was like his movie. But of course, I was just like blown away by his talent. And I think something like people wouldn't guess about me is I love fighting movies. I just find that stuff like so fascinating and so fun to watch. So I think the fights were definitely the main thing that stuck with me about that film. And then with Brandon, I think it was just about his death. And that had always been something I knew of. That's about it. It really was just like the death stuff, which is how I knew about them. And like all of the theories behind that. And I think that's just why I wanted to cover them on the podcast. Because I think that's like the least interesting or important thing about them. Yeah, definitely. I really like both of them. And I think they're both very talented in their own right. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about their movie. So we okay. can start off with Bruce. We'll start with Bruce's filmography. And so we're going to take it to 1971 with The Big Boss. This is Bruce coming back to Hong Kong after living in America for 12 years. Coming back because he couldn't get any roles in Hollywood. He was like, you know what, I'm just going go back to Hong Kong. And that's why he started making his most famous films. The Big Boss is an interesting one. And I would say this is a great starter one because, and this is no shade to the big boss, I really like this film, but it goes, everything goes up. You know what I mean? Everything's like an improvement. It's quite gritty, the big boss. It actually feels like they just filmed it on like a Thailand backdrop. Like it was 
very quickly done, very cheaply made, but what they made was brilliant. And it basically follows Bruce Lee's character. The Bruce Lee's character is called Sheng Shei Wan, and he comes over from China to Thailand to live with his uncle and his cousin. And this is the main important bit, is that Bruce Lee has made a promise to his mum that he won't fight. First of all, when I heard that, I was like, wait a minute. This is yeah. Bruce Lee film. Are we not going to see him fight? And, and we do. Spoiler, don't worry. That's established quite early on. He's not going to fight. And loads of things come his way. Literally him and his uncle go to the nearest drinks vendor and then they get attacked <laughs> by a gang. And it's like, it's so random. And then he goes to work basically in this factory with his cousins. And the boss there treats the Thai workers really horribly and really awfully. And they rise up with Bruce as the leader. It's a fun watch. I'll say that. It is fun. So it was, for me, it was my first ever Bruce film I watched. So it was very different to what I was expecting. I think I was full on expecting like him to pull out the nunchucks, pull out the kicks, fill the punches. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then he says he's not going to fight. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Wait a second. Why? And, um, but it's so good. Like he was, he's very subdued in this film. Mm-hmm. He's a lot in the background until he comes out of his shell where like he's reacting to his like cousins and like he's always in the background of a shot like looking bored he's like acting and I love it yeah. so much <laughs> and when he does start to fight it's just so worth it like it is it's what you were waiting for it's brilliant and, and also it's all properly like just fists and legs like that's mm-hmm. it like it's nothing else and um there's a bit at the end where he punches someone for a wall and then it leaves like a cut out of their body yeah, <laughs> I like, love that. Oh, right, like this is, this is the best thing I've ever watched in my life. Like, it's like Looney Tunes. <laughs> and going forward as well with these Bruce films is that we have to remember that Hong Kong audiences knew when something was phony, when the fighting was fake or for the camera. And for them to love this film just showed how good Bruce was as a fighter. And I just really enjoyed this film. I really liked it. Good. It's kind of very basic though, as, mm-hmm. a, as we can compare it to the, his other films. It's a nice little premise, them uprising against the boss. Yeah. What were your thoughts on this film? Yeah, I think it was kind of a strange one that it's like his action movie debut because he doesn't fight for a literal entire hour. (laughs) Yep. So that gives us a lot of time to get to know his character and his family, which I think was really nice. I liked those dynamics i think he's in love with his cousin which is a little weird yeah yeah Yeah. bruce did a really good job of portraying his character's internal struggle between if he wants to let his feelings take over and fight with people or help his family out and not fight them it's a good premise I wasn't really a fan of the way it was it played out as a whole because it was super repetitive um because it's like the boss does something really shady kills someone and then everyone's like what happened and then it they don't do anything and then it just goes on and on which I thought was (laughs) hilarious literal family members are last known to be seen with the boss and then they disappear (laughs) No one does anything about it. No. 
they could have beefed that up a little bit more. (laughs) And it doesn't even make sense to me, like, why they wouldn't have just gone to talk to the boss, like, earlier on. Because he, I guess he was pretty threatening. But there were so many of the workers. Yeah. I don't know. They could have risen (laughs) up, like, you know, they could have just gone together. Yeah. But I really like that they all started to warm up to Bruce's character and there was a, a bit of a brotherhood there that I thought yes. was nice that you don't I don't think is really present in his other films as much yeah um, he's very solo actually but in yeah. this it's part of their group yeah and I just thought that was cute the way they joked around with each other oh my god I'm just going to know there's that great bit where like, I think they come back from one of the main fights and then they're like mm-hmm. all marching together versus leading them yeah that was cute I like that <laughs> Love the cousins. It does show how much Bruce was going to offer in the future. Yes. Um, yeah. But I, I think in the end, he honestly wasn't like used enough in it for me personally. There was a lot of the family stuff that was present in the film, but there wasn't enough of it. Yeah. So I was missing some of that character development. I would, um, yeah. But, say they're not very fleshed out i don't want to give too much away but there's one like super sad scene that was my favorite scene in the whole movie he's like walking through the house yes. and i think yes. it's like a tracking shot or something i thought that was really well done and that's what i was looking for more in the film yes. um but there were several just like little scenes or like smaller bits that i really liked so. i love those moments where they like let bruce act be an actor and I think that's really nice and it also reminds me of the bit where he got the water yeah now um and then obviously the his cousin comes along and they yeah. <laughs> have a weird flirt but it's fine. <laughs> the moments of silence with Bruce is very interesting um because I think he is such a like he is a very underrated actor mm-hmm. as an actor he has that such like a cocky demeanor but when he's actually being quite solemn it's quite nice to see yeah it is and we don't see it a lot now as well so it's good I did watch like the terrible English dub. Uh, oh, yes, mine was so, English dubbed. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point to say. Actually, yeah, all yeah. of mine were dubbed. Every first film I watched. Oh was no! Because I watched it on Sky Cinema, so okay. there's no other option. Yeah, so, yeah, gutted. I never got to hear Bruce's voice except for in Enter Dragon. But yeah, I'm very annoyed by that. This is the only one I watched with a dub, even in Bruce's other films that I did watch in their original language. He was dubbed over by somebody else okay. so like it never okay. was him talking cool. yeah, yeah and i was That's just like so weird. yeah i think he was bad at it supposedly yes <laughs> and i have a lot to say about the dub in where the dragon when we get to that okay <laughs> um, i made little pros and cons of all the films and on all the cons it's the dub i hate yeah. the dubs i hate them you do get used to it and oh, i didn't put it in this one but when you when you drown out the dub and you listen to the hearing, it makes you watch Bruce more, which is good. I get to watch yeah. his like facial expressions, his fighting techniques. So that's the only good thing about the dub is that I get to actually see him as an actor. I can actually I can separate the dub from uh-huh. him. Yeah, <laughs> it was probably one of the worst dubs I've ever heard in my life. Like with yes. this film, it was so bad. So I'm saying some of my enjoyment might have been taken away by that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know if it's available anywhere not 
without the dub. Interesting. I'm a subs, not dubs girl. Like I, yeah, I love subtitles. Like I, I hate I hate dub sing. Mm-hmm. I did want to say though, I love the last fight scene of this film. Not my favorite fight scene. Okay. But I loved it because it starts with Bruce Lee eating rice crackers. Yeah. <laughs> so he is just randomly eating rice crackers. Yeah. <laughs> no one has any context for it. <laughs> I know it's great watching him go against like groups of people, but like going against the big boss, like that's that's the title character. Like yeah. this is like a big deal. And I thought it was a really good scene. They were in the field. It was just them two. It was brilliant. Yeah. It was like what the whole film was leading up to and like you could just tell from then on that this was going to be an action star. It's incredible to watch. Yeah, I think the the end scene was in a way almost worth watching the rest of the movie. Yes. It's a good fight. Yeah. yeah, it's a really good fight at the end. Three out of four of the films he watched, he he ends up getting arrested like in all of them. Oh yeah, I could not believe it. I was watching Bruce Lee get arrested at the end of yeah. this film, like, and then it just ended. Yeah, <laughs> he did commit crimes. True, he did kill people. Like, but it's Bruce Lee and it's the evil big bosses. They don't want them to live. Yeah. But I was really shocked. I was really shocked that it ended like that. I was like, see <laughs> your action star get arrested. Like, yeah. Was really good. Subvert expectations. Yeah. I got to shout out those poor dogs too. They just yeeted dogs at Bruce Lee. It's insane. And I think they were real dogs. Yeah. They just they threw them in it. German Shepherd in the air, which is funny, it. but it's not funny. You have to see it to believe it. Like, yeah, you're not gonna get that in any other film. Like, maybe no. rightfully so. I think I've only seen that in one. It was in Point Break when oh. the guy chucks the pit bull at Keanu. No, really? Oh my god! <laughs> but that oh, one's a stuffed animal. animal. Okay, wait, but, was, but it was meant to be a real dog. Yes, I gave it a three point five. I think. Okay, I, I give it a one. <laughs> Yeah, but that's like my 3.5. That's like the equivalent. True. That was yeah. my lowest rated Bruce film. Same, same. And only one Brandon movie is rated lower, but we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> oh, boy. We'll you know there. what it is. <laughs> I know what it is. So next we have Fist of Fury, which was released in 1972. I think this is a period piece or like it takes place in the 40s. I'm not sure. Yeah. It doesn't well, matter. Well, they have there's a, there's a phone in it. Yeah, like the, I thought it was like an ancient film, like really yeah. <laughs> and then he speaks on the phone, and I was like, oh wait, okay. Yeah, so I think it's like 30s or 40s, but it doesn't really matter that much. Bruce's character comes back to his school in China, and he finds out that his school was attacked by. The, this Japanese dojo so he needs to take revenge because the film is all about the colonization of Hong Kong by the Japanese and I think it's Bruce's most politically what's the word charged yeah yeah there's a lot of yeah. um history there yes which I was not expecting and I I thought that was really interesting And I think it added a ton of emotion to the film. So the law comes after him. And the main detective is played by the director, Lo Wei, which is funny. I did not know that was Lo Wei playing the director. Oh my God, God, okay. (laughs) And so he's coming after Bruce because, like, he he is killing these people. (laughs) 
like he is a murderer i guess yeah (laughs) but he's like working his way through all of the people who are responsible for the murders of his master and his friends and this is actually my favorite of the of bruce's films i don't know if that's controversial but i really like this one (laughs) i think it doesn't get talked about enough yeah it's also my underappreciated Ooh, okay. Performance. For me, this is the one with the best story and the best acting and also the best fight. When you put all of those three together, it just makes for a really good movie. Bruce's character in this is his most interesting because he's very angry, which I like angry Bruce. I think that's his most entertaining to watch. But then he also has this really nice relationship with his fiance, played by Nora Meow. Oh, I love her. I think it's it was actually like really nice to have him have a relationship with a female character that had substance and added something to the story. And, and they weren't was, related. Yeah, that's a bonus. Okay, that. <laughs> yeah, and just even such a like pro Chinese stance and just like a lot of pride within the characters and all of that was just something that was nice to see. And I think it just felt the most point, like emotionally poignant. Yeah. Bruce did a great job at doing all of them. And he also had some really good comedic moments. Yes. Where yeah. he went undercover. He goes undercover twice. Yeah. First, he's an old guy. He's like selling newspapers. Yeah. And he really takes over like the physicality of an older yeah. person, yeah, which is really does. cool. Yeah. And then the second time he pretends to be an electrician. He's like a dorky like phone operator. (laughs) I love it so much. I'm getting so excited just thinking about it. Like I love this so much. (laughs) And I thought that was amazing. Like he had on these glasses and he kept running into stuff. (laughs) And he like kept apologizing. I'm so yeah. I'm talking about him and he's right there oh. yeah <laughs> fixing the phone like I, he just uns like screwdrivers the thing and then puts it back on I live it I live for this he had a lot to work with in this movie which I think went in his favor what did you think I loved it too yeah oh it's good such a step up from yeah. the big four yeah I told you it just goes up and up like mm-hmm. it's so good yeah, and straight into it. I think it's quite interesting as well. There's a lot of, like you said, it's very politically charged, racially charged as well. I got an outdated attitudes this message at the beginning, and I was thinking, mm-hmm. oh my god, oh no, yeah, here we go again. <laughs> Love yeah. watching old films, getting these outdated attitudes messages. But yeah, I was really shocked actually. There's a scene in the park, and uh, he can't go through this. He can't go through the park. There's mm-hmm. a sign that says no Chinese or dogs allowed. And WTF, this is just insane. I could not believe it when I saw that. And to put that in a film for that era as well, like for all like the movements going on in the 70s, I thought it was just very, very brave and amazing to do. Mm-hmm. And then also to show Bruce challenging that as well and having a go at the man that's telling him like to go on his knees like a dog, which is, oh my God, so horrible. Yeah. And, and then he like takes the sign off, Bruce takes the sign off and he kicks it in the air. And it's yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that's why he was so loved. He was a leader. He was but a little man. Like it was just amazing to watch. And and then yeah, on this the fun side of it, 
it was just funny. It was. Not as funny as these other films that we will come to. Mm-hmm. But I've loved like the balance of it. I thought it was really good. My favorite bit about it was the romance. I yeah. Lo- I love Normie out. She's my favorite co-star of his. Me um, too. I love her. <laughs> yeah. I don't like her hair in this film. They gave her, her a horrible too. wig. It's awful, isn't it's it? It's like a oh. helmet. Oh my god, it's so bad. It's so bad. And then, but then they do a, they 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 make up for it in Way of the Dragon so much. And there was a lot of also. Can we also just talk about? I say there was a lot. There wasn't. There were some women in the in the class. In yeah. The school. It was school. They were fighting yeah. like the Japanese <laughs> dojo. I loved it. I love seeing that. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Even Nora Meow was getting into it. Like, it was so good to watch. And then yeah, the, the dojo scene. Bruce goes to them. It's my second favorite fight scene. Okay. <laughs> if I can get a second favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the first time you see the nunchucks. Yeah. Oh my God. I love nunchucks. I would love to swing them about. Like. <laughs> How Bruce uses the nunchucks. Oh my God. Yeah. It's insane. It's amazing. Like he takes on so many men as well. It's so mm-hmm. good. It's so good. So it's when he just finds out that his like, teacher's been murdered, which is what he thought. Mm-hmm. And then he's about to fight the guys in the dojo and they have their shirt off. And there's a camera zoom into this one guy's nipples. Um, oh yeah, what was that? You know Bruce goes, Bruce looks at his nipples and goes, so you're Japanese. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, what am I watching? Yeah. I think my theory was like the type of pants he was wearing, but they zoomed in on his Why chest. <laughs> I'm like, how do you know that, Bruce? <laughs> huh. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was so hilarious. So funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, I knew I needed to mention that. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. How can we talk about the ending? Sure. Oh my god, the freeze frame. Yeah. I want more. I want more. <laughs> Running towards um, loads of police with guns, and it just kicks in the air and it stops. Yeah, oh, so good. They did so a Butch good. Cassidy moment. Oh, it's amazing! Yeah, amazing. that was good. I like that. Love so much. So it was Defo ref. It must have been like. Oh yeah, it was. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the exact same ending. Not the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I like it better in this movie. I think the context is a lot better. Yes. Yeah. Like he is not going down without a fight. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I also think I like this movie the best because he seems the most invested for me in this film. Seems to be at the top of his game in like every single scene. Yeah. Obviously, he's the most interesting part of all of his other films, but I wanted him to be more of a focal point like I think in this film he gets to really be the main character if that makes sense the most (laughs) no I totally get that yeah 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 Yeah. it's him like he is the one that's doing the story gets shots of him on his own as well he's not always at the school and then yeah then goes to the dojo on his own Uh I think it's very good and I yeah I also had a note that it's his like the only movie he had really with the most involved female characters and that probably also plays a part in it the scene of him and Nora at the campfire is absolutely beautiful yeah I think it's absolutely gorgeous and sorry this might be a bit superficial to say it about how women are represented but I I like that kiss yeah that was a really sweet scene and I like that she was able to be 
I don't want to say she was like just there to serve him or help him understand stuff. I feel like there was a really good balance between they just really respected each other and he yeah. would like sincerely listen to her and what she had to say. And then since she was also so involved with fighting as well, then that created a good balance of she's not just there to be the voice of reason, which yes. I just really love that. Yeah, I yeah. think that was perfectly put. She was her own person and mm-hmm. just really liked how Bruce also felt like he was respecting her as well. But yeah, I'd highly recommend that one. I yes. think yeah, it's yeah. a really good film. Yeah, I'd say a must watch. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and this, oh, sorry. The- <laughs> like the final fight scene when it's like a point of view from like the the russian guy or something oh my god it's so good yeah and it's there's i don't know what it's called but there's three of him and he's it's like moving and then that's in rapid fire like at the beginning yeah they tied it all together oh my god can i also (laughs) just say though yeah that whole fight scene because they're in this beautiful japanese garden and it really reminded me of Kill Bill. And I'm sorry to say Kill Bill again. But over Nishi Ai's fight to the bride is in the garden like that. And it just really uh-huh. put me in the mind of that. Okay. Um, so I thought maybe Tarantino was doing something kind of homage in that. But I don't know. But Probably. That was an excellent fight. Oh yeah. my god, I can't believe I forgot about that. That is so good. <laughs> that might be my favorite. I don't know. It's hard to okay. pick. I like that. Yeah, it's up there. But yeah, how he's just like going through all the buildings and just like demolishing them is just insane. It's oh, so it's cool. so good. Yeah. Bruce <laughs> yeah. can punch and kick a guy for a wall like no one else could. Like yeah. he was excellent at it. We're still in 1972. And <laughs> so we're going in The Way of the Dragon, which happens to be my favorite Bruce Lee film. I love this film and I was not prepared what happens in it. It's wild. So basically, Bruce Lee's character gets like a letter and he has to go to Italy to help him. So it's his uncle's restaurant, I think it is. Once again, dodgy relationship. I don't, I think, I hope Nora Meow's character is not related to it. His family have a Chinese restaurant in Rome and they're getting hassled by this crime syndicate. They're like, look, if you don't pay us for insurance, we're going to keep trashing the place, not letting anyone eat there and things like that. So Bruce comes over essentially just to help them push the syndicate off. And very importantly, this was Bruce Lee's directorial debut. Yeah. Only directed film as well in his life, which I, I wish we got more of because I think it's so good. And this film, it blends both humor and fight, fighting. You're not prepared for how, like, how humorous this film is. I found it very funny. Yeah. Like, oh, people don't, but I found it hilarious, this film. And without even trying it's just so effortlessly funny there's like a whole the whole intro at the beginning is Bruce at an airport and he goes to this restaurant and he, so he says to the waitress he's like eggs and she's like what he's <laughs> eggs and it's like no she gives him a menu and then he like points at all the soups I don't know why and then she brings out all the soups and uh-huh. <laughs> about eight plates of soups in front of him eight bowls of soup and he eats them all the Bruce Lee film like what is yeah <laughs> And and then after he eats him, we get three times in like the space of probably like 20 minutes of him asking where the toilet is. Yeah. <laughs> and he wrote this film. Like he wrote that. <laughs> Such a jokester. I love yeah. him so much. 
I would have thought he would be into potty humor, but... <laughs> it's an excellent film. The baddies are so funny. They are. Oh, my God. <laughs> they are, like, not your stereotypical baddies. So this is a dubbed film. Now, I read online that Bruce Lee dubs everything in this film. Now, this brings into question, though. There is a black character, and I think he dubbed him as well. And I say this because he's very stereotypical. Yeah. Apparently, that's the only character Bruce Lee dubs in this film. He doesn't even dub himself. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, yeah. It's weird, right? That, like, yeah, that made me very uncomfortable, but it yes. makes it worse. Uh, <laughs> no. If I am wrong, I might be wrong, but this is what Google told me. So, like, you know, you know, all, no, I'm pretty sure you're right. Because, like, yeah, he puts on like a black scent. Come on, Bruce. <laughs> Be better. be better yeah well but he's part of the gang and like, the gang's insane they are so, they are so not a scary gang in no <laughs> oh my god and the restaurant as well has these wait staff who are also fighters like it's just really um, <laughs> and then the big thing happens at the end is that basically the evil gang's boss brings in the big guns and he brings in chuck norris can i just say my birthday twin and, wait really um, yeah that's funny it's such a funny like person to share (laughs) and then yeah then it's a thing how marketed it is towards this chuck norris and bruce lee fight but they fight at the end when there's literally like 10 minutes to go and it's the best thing you'll ever see in your life (laughs) um... he's wait (laughs) his character is literally introduced by him walking he walks into the camera like his crotch like into the camera Like, He's Bruce, what Japanese were you on film. in this film? Like, Honestly, why did we not get more brutally directed films? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Like, best character intro. Yes, of all time. <laughs> like, I think I wrote about, I kept playing for, oh my god, I can't wait to see Chuck. Like, when is Chuck coming through? Yeah, he wasn't in oh it till basically the very, like, the last it's act. Literally right at the end. Like, it's yeah. actually kind of insane. But then they fight and it's absolutely brilliant. I loved it so much. Sorry to get the superlatives in. This is my favorite Bruce film. This is my favorite, like, favorite co-star of Nora Meow. Mm-hmm. But um, this is my favorite character of hers. Okay. Because she is a icon in this. I love her so much in this. It's a little bit step back from her role in Fist of Fury because she doesn't, doesn't really do a lot in this show. Yeah. <laughs> but I just really like her. And I like uh-huh. her hair. And I like her outfits. You know, I love the 70s. It's everything for me. And then also my favorite fight scene. Oh my God. You know what? It, right. I love nunchucks. I love them so much. <laughs> I love them in Fists of Fury. And I thought, okay, fine. What is going to top the nunchuck scene in Fists of Fury? Two nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my That's God. Insane. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I can't believe it. I could not believe it. He's literally just got the nunchuck. It's got double nunchuck. It's just yeah, he just like pulls him out of his pants. Like. <laughs> and those fight scenes are brilliant because they're in they're done in a back alley of the Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. And we keep kicking or punching whatever the gang members into these boxes that are on the wall. <laughs> it's just so good. It's so, yeah. so funny. Oh, and I love the fight scenes as well because I'm always thinking to myself, they literally have a restaurant to run in the back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and there's yeah. 10 of them or something like they don't all need to be there 
the, my third favorite fighting scene is obviously the Bruce and the Chuck fight. So I yeah. just thought, that is good. I was a bit, not underwhelmed. I wanted it to be a little bit more better than it was. Um, yeah. I was a, because it's so good. It really is good. And there's great moments. And I'm thinking about it when he rips Chuck Norris's chest hair off him. And it like sticks on his hand. Oh, yeah. He blows off. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gross. That's the humor coming in again. I love it. But yeah, teeny, teeny bit. I think just because it was so big up, I just was like, I wanted yeah. more. But it's just two men, bare knuckles. Cats. Yeah. What were the cats? <laughs> what were the cats? The cat reaction shot. <laughs> Live cat reaction. I knew you would love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that is so funny. Like, I can't believe it. As a cat person, it's great. Yeah. It's very odd. <laughs> yeah, a filmmaking choice. I mean, at that um, point, I should have been like, yeah, no, that makes sense. If we had that whole suit bit, why not the cats? Like, yeah, why not? <laughs> also, random question. Yeah. And it, but it links. Have you watched the Hangover films? No. Okay, that's fine. Don't worry. Basically, <laughs> the leader of the gang, I wish you did. This might be cool. <laughs> the leader of the gang, of the evil gang, very much reminds me of Ken Jong's character, Mr. Chow. Oh, okay. Um, I've been inspired. I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, I don't know if you got this, but obviously there was something a bit. How do we say? He's very effeminate. Uh-huh. Uh, if you catch my drift. And yeah. Of the, the, the the evil gang's leader. He's evil leader, wasn't he? Yeah. He's like. Well, he's a translator. Yes. Yeah, um... he was a translator. Well done. Yes. But yeah, he was very uh, like yeah camp and which I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. But that's why it made me think of Mr. Chow. I definitely think there's got to be a connection there. But okay. the translator, I loved him. Yeah, he was <laughs> funny. I liked his little hat. <laughs> like, why was it so small? Oh, my God. Sorry. I've just seen one of my notes about yeah. the double nunchuck scene. <laughs> what did so you remember, say? There, remember there in Italy, mm-hmm. one of the henchmen from the evil gang, after he watched Bruce take out the whole of his friends, mm-hmm. he went, Mamma Mia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so offensive to Italians. I'm Italian. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, loved it. Loved it. There was also even, like, those plot twists. Like, we found out, like, his, his, one of his, one of the wait staff, like, basically dubbed him in. Like, it was, mm-hmm. it was very good. It was just, like, this film had everything. And also felt, no, I'm going to say that for Enter the Dragon. It, it, it's elevated more to an actual film, but it still felt a bit like insane at times as well. Yeah. But this all come from love. I loved it. I love this film. <laughs> so much. We like insanity. Exactly. It's a compliment. So I'm so good way too much about this film. No, you're what good. What do you think of Where the Dragon? <laughs> I definitely did not like it as much as you, but I love your fine. enthusiasm. <laughs> Bruce did a good job directing it, though. I thought yes. the. Like, visually, it's the most memorable of all his films. There was some cool camera stuff. There was lots of nice scenery. I mean, it definitely had some rough, like, it was a debut for sure. But I think he showed a ton of promise. And I think, yeah, it's too bad we didn't get to see him direct more and just, like, hone that craft. Yeah. And I really like the scene at the beginning when he's in the airport and... 
it zoom it starts out like yeah. close to his face yeah and then yes. it zooms yes. out and he's surrounded by all these white people and yes. they're all like yeah. looking at him weirdly that was really impactful because yeah. it showed just in that one scene like how much of an sort of an other he felt yes and that already told so much about his character and I was wishing they would have shown more of that culture clash because it did just take place in the restaurant on sets and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but that was a, a really good way to open the movie. Completely. 100% yeah. agree. Yes. What an opening. And I like that he was able to put that feeling through because I know he felt that his whole life. And I think this film did a good job of representing his love for his country and his dedication to his family and I honestly all of his films are like that and I really appreciate that inclusion like he I think he really made sure to include that those sentiments in his movies he that family sentiment it's so true though like he was always like he would do anything to protect his family even as a kid He'd get into fights and stuff but in honour of his family and honour of his friends later on. He always did things for the people he cared about. And I just love that attitude from him. Yeah. And it's so true. Yeah. All these films so far have been like revenge, revenge, revenge for a good cause. I'm going to help his family. And I just mm-hmm. think that's done. And it really was what his persona was like outside of the screen. Mm-hmm. He was really like that. He would put his family first before anything. Yeah. Oh. And all his friends. So. Yes. Yeah. Oh, love him. (laughs) I was a little disappointed by the fight with Chuck Norris because I thought his character was going to be in it more. And so there wasn't as much of a, like the stakes weren't as high because we barely knew this character. Like he had maybe two lines or something. Exactly. Yeah. He could have been more like imposing, more of a villain. Mm -hmm. And it just, just came into it. Yeah. So that was disappointing, especially considering it's probably... Other than like the final fight scene in uh, Enter the Dragon, I think that's the only one people really talk about. I also thought the inclusion of guns, like in the movie, I was like, eh, I don't know about that because they could have just shot him. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there was no reason for them to keep him alive. So oh, it wasn't like that credible a- to me. Yeah. Yeah. Not that anything about this movie was that believable, but <laughs> I think it's just more, it takes away some sort of quality because you, if, I don't, yeah. Like you just want it to be the hand fist to fist. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a very interesting thing because actually I've noted about that a lot in Brandon's films yeah. about the use of guns. And yeah, they just seem out of place. They, they should be used in these types of films, especially with the Bruce films, where it's, yeah, come on, you've got the best martial arts person ever. Yeah, and I don't know how much you want to talk about the plot twist, but that didn't make sense to me either. I low-key because... don't remember it too much. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was a great plot twist, but I was not expecting it, like one of his yeah. But Oh, the betrayal, his... oh yeah, it's the best. It was his uncle. Yeah, his uncle ended yeah. up literally like backstabbing them yeah and it doesn't make sense though because his uncle was the one that called bruce to have him come and protect them he could have just not called bruce (laughs) and then they would have all died exactly right and then he would have died either yeah but what a betrayal (laughs) 
I thought that was a good twist, but then the more I thought about it, the less it made sense. <laughs> you can't question these things. You can't. He, yeah. Did he die as well? Did he die? Yeah. I think he gets shot or something. Okay. I don't really remember. So also, his whole I mean, plan. Yeah. Well, this was, yeah. His whole plan did work. Yeah. And it's Bruce's fault. <laughs> <laughs> the real villain. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly thought it was ballsy and to kill Chuck Norris. True, yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. What? I was not expecting that. No. <laughs> yeah. And very respectful. I like he put the he put his coat jacket over him, and I thought it was mm-hmm. really nice. But yeah, really shocking. Yeah. See, I don't know why that... he had to kill him. No, exactly right. But yeah like perplexed yeah but that was interesting too because like most bruce does kill a lot of people in his films but it doesn't feel so personal yeah or it's not really like a one-on-one if he's just taking out this whole group he has to survive but no this was like bare knuckle fighting like yeah this wasn't manslaughter this was murder yeah that was a little, like, I wasn't sure how we were supposed to feel about his character, especially after that scene. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting perspective into Bruce's mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, know. What a mind. What a mind. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh... stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he is a, an interesting guy. <laughs> I really honestly, though, I would, I do recommend commend this film i think it's going to be seen to believe yeah <laughs> there's so much you'll get there's something so much out of it yes definitely oh my god that takes us to our like technically last bruce film god that takes us to end of the dragon yeah i guess it does which is really honestly tinged with just sadness yeah I, i'm i did not know that he died before it even came out in america well before it came out worldwide actually like, yeah I, I, that's insane to me it's just so much like wasted potential. It really upsets me. He did get yeah. to see what well, not even what he would become, but what the art of kung fu would become, and all the schools that came out of it. I don't know about human. So that's understandable. It's hard to fathom because this was his most popular, his like yeah. most probably respected film, and like yeah. he wasn't around for any of that. I hate it so. I hate. And the fact that he wanted to be the biggest like movie star. And this, this made, I think, from today's money, it would be $521 million. Wow. That's a lot of money. He didn't get to see that. I actually, yeah. I can't believe it. I actually cannot believe it. Like, I just, yeah, it really upsets me. Yeah. Um, I think, I know we're saying this as if Game of Death doesn't exist, but I think it's a good last film for him. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Went off like with a bang. Like it was like the best film ever. Which obviously yeah. makes it all the more harder that like, he wasn't alive to see it. It's just, yeah, it's very upsetting to me. Mm-hmm. Ender Dragon, 1973, it's actually like a play on the black exploitation movies of that time, mm-hmm. but with Kung Fu style. And I also love exploitation films. And I'm actually also getting into black exploitation films. I really enjoy them as well because I love, I love Tom Greer. So, like, mm-hmm. it's just a <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, I was quite excited to watch this. And it's also tinged with a bit of James Bond espionage thriller. Yeah. Basically, Yes, Bruce has to go on a recon mission. He's in this Shaolin temple. And one of the defectors has this island. And it's very secretive. And it's a bit, it's like a, so they're going on the basis of opium dealers and things like that. So of like, course. Yeah. Classic. 
It's always the drugs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Bruce has to enter this competition on this island. And that's how he gets in. And the evil man's called Han. So they're on Han's island. And then, yeah, like Audrey said earlier, this isn't actually solely a Bruce Lee film Mm -hmm. because we've got three characters. We've got Roper, who is this quite trendy businessman. Like, a little trendy, but like he's like savvy in a way. He's definitely meant to be like a heartthrob. I was like, I did not get that from him. Like, nah. <laughs> did a really cool fight scene playing golf. That was his introduction. Which I thought it was like, cool. And then he's got so Roper. And then, oh, what's his name? Oh, Williams. My favorite character is Williams. I love Williams so much. And Williams is younger, although they were both in Vietnam together, which I don't understand that. They're very different in age. Um, <laughs> but Williams is like on the run from the police after he basically killed two police officers and went off with their car. I love this flashbacks so iconic much. <laughs> it was amazing and yeah so there that's why those two are there actually and it's quite interesting i thought they were gonna trio up i was really expecting them all to be like yeah. best friends but it's mainly williams and roper and how they're getting on in the island and then bruce on his own but he has he's got an informant shall we say another icon can we just say yeah another icon is oh Betty Chung god how did I forget Be- Betty Chung is a queen in this <laughs> mailing and she's like undercover and then her and Bruce and this is what I quite like as well they, like they have little meetups and in secret and they're like just talking and like strategizing and I really love those moments where it's just them talking mm-hmm. it's really good and yeah and then obviously what, what we're all here for there's loads of fight scenes <laughs> like, yeah oh how do you choreograph mostly I think they how did Bruce choreograph these fight scenes like amazing we get ones on the like, on the main deck where Bruce takes out this bodyguard who I think was the Russian in Fist of Fury. Oh, okay. I just completely made that up. Uh, they look I alike. don't remember this movie <laughs> yeah. at all, but it probably oh, is. No, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a great moment. <laughs> so basically near the end is when I got a bit invested. I was like, okay, I don't really, and I like this film. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I preferred it some of his other films, but the end act is incredible. And basically, Bruce Lee takes out like 50 guys at once. One of them is Jackie Chan, which is very exciting. Although I'm not like, I'm team Michelle Yeoh, to say that. <laughs> but Do they have all these guys. Have you not seen the interview where Michelle Yeoh calls him a, a chauvinist pig? No. I'll find you the clip. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, no. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the final battle between Han and Bruce. And it is iconic. And I think, okay, yeah, it definitely does deserve to be talked about as it is because it's in like mirrors kind of little lady from shanghai moment am i right yeah. like, in the fun house that's um, true it's so great bruce the reader oh. or what <laughs> oh my god I, sadly i think he's irish orson oh dang <laughs> so bear claw man it's a bear <laughs> That's the main oh, thing I remember. That's the, that's the only thing I remember. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. I could not believe he had the fake hand. And also, they always show it as well. <laughs> I love that's the only thing you remember. That was so good. Because it was so funny. Because it, it, um, it's got horrible hair on it as well. Yeah. Oh. He put, why didn't you put hair on it? <laughs> what a weirdo. So weird. But then also his like the clothes on it. Mm-hmm. Very Wolverine. I'm sorry, I was getting yeah. Wolverine vibes. I think everyone just stole off these. Sounds like it. And yeah, that fun house near scene. Oh my, I say fun house. <laughs> They're only <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. And then 
actually as well at the end that's when roper and boost me up finally yeah um which are, it's just so weird to me i don't really understand i really want them to be like a trio yeah um but yeah something happens to williams during like, the oh, beginning yeah. of the last act yeah, you can probably tell but don't spoil it but, but I want more William. But also, obviously, Bruce was my fave as well. That needs to be said. <laughs> He's always the fave. And then he was <laughs> secondary. <laughs> we need another one. So this is the only one of Bruce's films that's on the 1001 movies list. Huh. I'm like, a bit confused. Maybe it's because of like, the impact it had when it came out. And rightfully so. Like, it's one of the best country movies of all time, as it should be. But no, I just, there are better Bruce films. Yeah. Or the Dragon. Best of Fury. <laughs> <laughs> I will not shut up about this. Love how much you love Fist of Fury. It's bloody disguises. Yeah. Like on a serious note. Yeah. I thought it was quite good. Like how this was like a Hollywood. I mean, it's not Hollywood. It's like mm-hmm. Hollywood slash Hong Kong film. And it's quite diverse. Yeah. Two out of three of the main characters are POCs. And I thought that was very good to see from the mm-hmm. film. I thought that was amazing. Um, yeah. But they so made the like, white guy like the main character and he was always boring. <laughs> It's so typical. And I think he shares a credit title, credit card with Bruce Lee. Oh. Um, that's inexcusable in my eyes. No. no. It's Bruce Lee's film. It is. Yeah, I don't remember it well enough to like speak on it. No. But I do just remember, wasn't it like a prostitution ring or something? Yes, yes. And I was like... Very dodgy. Yeah. No. And they're like yeah. underage. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, probably. So... Because it, it was like, yeah, sex slavery. Because I was like, what? Yeah. And then they'd sell the girls on and stuff, like brand them and things like that. Yeah. Um, just very dark. And, yeah. And yeah, and it's odd because so both so Williams is like, oh, I'll take all the girls. And it's, it's meant to be like, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> not. in this life. Yeah, that's not why you're here. Stay <laughs> <laughs> eyes on the prize. Come on. I was just surprised that that was like the main plot point. Yes. And they didn't really, from what I remember, make an effort to be like, this is wrong. Yes. Yes. There was no like condemning it. Yeah. Yes. I think it's an interesting one to be like the most well-known of his films for me, because I think his performances are better, or at least like he's in the other ones more. Yes. Yes. When you said earlier about the fact that he's in Fist Spirit, he's like, he's in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did not get that from this. And I think it's because he was just so stressed. Mm-hmm. And you can tell on his body as well. It yeah. looks skinnier. He is so jacked. Like, it's incredible. His yeah. But he just, it looks, just, just looks a lot skinnier in it. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit hard to look at and watch, really. Mm-hmm. You know what he was going through health-wise. But, but yeah, he did never, not, he, he was not phoning it in. No, he wasn't he bad. Kinda, so they didn't give him a lot. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like he just wasn't there mentally. Mm-hmm. Bless him. Oh, yeah. Interesting film, interesting film. I yeah. also recommend it as well. I do think like it's one of those like must watches, but like, you don't have to watch it straight away. That makes yeah. sense. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's quite a good end to Bruce's career. Mm-hmm. Obviously, so upsetting. Yeah, that he died and he didn't see it. But I think it's quite a good, nice little. It's not like going down. Yeah, like a lot of our other subjects. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we are saying Enter Dragon is his last film, but technically, it's Game of Death. But that was released actually quite a long time. I would say it was 1978. Yeah. That, you know, four years after, four or five years after he died. And it's five years. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> God, the math, right? <laughs> but this is, I 
did not finish this film. I got 45 minutes in, which is actually good, but I was not prepared for the fact that actually Bruce Lee only filmed one scene in this film and it's shown at the end. I did not know that. I did oh. not know <laughs> that there was another guy playing him. And it's really interesting though. Everyone's on the way of the dragon, Chuck Norris fight. Oh, weird. And they're filming it, which huh. is really odd. Yeah. yeah. And then, but then it's so there's reaction shots that they were pegging of Bruce. It's so weird. And, but this actor was playing him. It's really weird. Uh-huh. It's edited together awfully. And I'm not joking. There's one moment where his head, Bruce's, Bruce Lee's face is literally all pictured on this guy's body, on this guy's body. What? It's awful. I could not believe what I was watching. I was like, I, this is, I, I can't watch it. It's actually not even, I just thought it was so disrespectful. Yeah. Especially because he has to die in it as well. Uh-huh. And as well, sorry, this is obviously a bit horrible to say. But basically, he pretends, he fakes his death by filming the end scene of Fist of Fury, one of the policemen has a gun and he shoots it. And that's no. Now that's mad when you know what happened to Brandon. Like, I actually just got goosebumps. Like, it's actually really scary. I don't, it's so hard I'm to shock. They predicted it. Yeah. In it. Like, it's insane. It's, it's insane. I could not believe it when I watched it. And I was like, I this is awful. I'm like, it just reminded me of that. It came out in 78. Yeah, and like, that ever happened before. No, no. That's oh, literally how we have to die in this film. What? what? That's like some weird cosmic shit or something. It's like... It is, right? It, like a darker side of fate in a way, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't like that sort of stuff. Like, it's mad. But, but yeah, and then there's his funeral that I'm pretty sure they use archive footage of Bruce's actual funeral. I might be completely wrong. But no, I, I think you're right. Like real it. Yeah, yeah. I, it was real. It was too real. I didn't oh, like gross. how real it was. And then, so I just made the decision. I was like, I'm going to stop watching this. And then that was yesterday. And then this morning, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to skip to the end. And then I got to his scene that he filmed. And I have to say, it's incredible. It's insane. The star power, that, the charisma that, that man had. Him just showing up is incredible. And I went, oh, I just love him. Like, I just love yeah. this guy. And, like, just seeing him smirking and being cocky and, oh, I just, he's everything. And it's it's a really interesting fight scene. So he fights two. And then the other one is more, it's weird. It's edited weirdly again. Okay. But one of them is with Kareem Abdul-Jamar, who, oh, my God, that guy is so tall. <laughs> <laughs> no notes. <laughs> that guy is just so tall. It's, like, kind of, like, insane watching Bruce fight him you wouldn't yeah. think that he'd be evenly matched you know what I mean Bruce literally probably comes up to his belly button this guy is so tall <laughs> and Kareem puts up a fight as well Bruce was his teacher as well so he can fight and he even he gets he kicks Bruce's chest he leaves like an imprint on his chest it's very, funny. <laughs> very comical and I like that little one yeah um, it's such a good fight and there's a bit where there's jagged glass upright and Kareem's got Bruce's head in his neck. Oh my this god! Great visual, visual description. <laughs> and he's like pushing him down as if the glass is going to go into his face, and then I don't know how he gets out of it. It, it was just amazing to watch. Like, That's cool. It was very cool. I just don't really count that film just because he's literally only in that one scene. And I, God knows what I didn't bother Game of Death too. Oh yeah, you know, the sequel. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but it, it was just yeah, it's. I just looked at my notes now. I like to put, mm-hmm. yeah, it feels like such a cheap imitation of a mm-hmm. Bruce Lee film. 
game of death was like his baby this is his like passion project Mm-hmm. which sucks even more about how bad it was and how much it dampens the legacy it doesn't but you know what I mean it's just oh it's a bit disappointing really mm-hmm. and I, I don't know I think if you've just got that one scene it's so true like why did they make it I, yeah it just ruins it a little bit they probably just shouldn't have tried at all like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know maybe just shelved it I think that would have been best honestly. yeah say just have it be like a special feature or something right yeah i don't know and this is uh, this is with the black and yellow outfit as well yeah that's true he looks great in it Uh and he has yellow nunchucks oh my god this is very cool this is very cool (laughs) nice but that's it that's it about this film yeah yeah it sucks a little bit but yeah but i really honestly like i've come out of this just loving bruce so much <laughs> I love him so much. Yeah. He's honestly so much I just like more interesting as an actor than I expected him to be. Yeah. Um yeah. and I just love watching him do literally anything. <laughs> and he has like the best reactions, like a great side eye. Such a good side eye. Oh my god. <laughs> He, and it's just so funny. He'll just get really upset and he'll just give someone the side eye and then he'll grab their nuts or whatever. I don't know. Oh, but sorry. I was not aware of how much kicking and punching in the nuts there was. Yeah. My favorite's the one, I don't remember which movie it was, but he's standing facing forward and then these two guys come up behind him and he grabs them both. Like, by the- double. <laughs> yeah, without even looking. I don't know where it is. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> that must be just a move, you know? Yeah, a signature. <laughs> People don't seem to like him as much anymore, like modern day audiences. And I guess I get that to an extent, but you can't help but find him to be a engaging screen presence. 100%. It's, he's like timeless. I, yeah, you're very right. He's not been forgotten about. But he doesn't get talked about enough mm-hmm. as well. And a lot of those films were in the Criterion Collection. These are well-made films. It's very odd. I want a resurgence. Yeah. I think we need one. Yeah. Because I think maybe he's talked about so much that people just don't think he's, like, really worth looking into. I, I could get that. But that doesn't mean that's true. <laughs> His life was fascinating, though. Like, growing up in mm-hmm. Hong Kong and like being like really naughty, it's like yeah. insane. Like, <laughs> but then like, when he comes to America and he's having trouble, he's fitting in. And can we also talk about? So I know we've got loads to talk about, but the fact that like, he took on that Jesse, who would be the only oh, Jesse um, Glover, Jesse Glover, yeah, African American. No one else would teach him. He's the first. So Bruce is pretty much the first person to teach it. Teach an African American person, like Gung Fu, and I just like. That just shows who Bruce was as a person. Like, I just love him so much. Yeah. What a lovely person. Like, yeah, like, I think he really valued people more than any. I don't know. I don't think he really, he definitely was like a misogynist, but I think he respected people for the most part. And I don't think you can say that about a lot of other, like his contemporaries. Yeah, especially of that time. Yeah. I will say, though, I think a lot of people don't like him now because they thought, and he was, like, very self-assured, very confident to the point of maybe tone it down a little bit. 
Yeah. But I think he had to do that because there was no other way he was going to get where he got yes. as a Chinese man in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So I can't fault him for that because yeah. we wouldn't have Bruce Lee without that. Like it was really only his drive and his passion that got him where he was. Yes. He never stopped. He never gave up. And that's very inspiring, I think. Mm-hmm. He didn't let it get him down. He just kept fighting. And good on him for going back to Hong Kong, honestly. Like I think I would. Like yeah. probably would treat him like absolute shit. He didn't respect him and he didn't use him enough. And so yeah, I'm glad he went and made a name for himself elsewhere. Yeah. That's- good of him and also that's quite that could hurt a lot of people's pride and so it didn't i can't think it didn't basically didn't get him down doing that he was happy to do that and i think it's just amazing incredible yeah i'm so glad we did like you said we wouldn't have got bruce lee without him yeah oh i love him yeah (laughs) and he just mattered and matters still to so many people and i don't think that should be discredited either yeah yeah. And he helped. I know a lot of people talk about how he made, he paved the way for people to cast Asian men as leading roles or as sex symbols, because that was hardly a thing before. Um, yeah. yeah. He was a trailblazer, honestly. Yeah. I think it's really amazing that he made, well, he made set, like tons of films yes. um, in total, but just that these, was it four or five like martial arts films um were able to just like totally push him into to make a stardom yes Um, yeah because I think people just wanted something like that they wanted something new something innovative yes Um, and And he he brought that yeah and he had tons of charm and just yeah he just was an enigma I think Um, yeah so yes, now we will talk about Brandon Lee, who, how many films is it? It's six. Six? Yeah, because he did three yeah. in the 80s, three in the 90s. His debut role yeah. oh, is uh, an interesting one. Do you want to introduce it? Oh my God, should I? Oh God, this <laughs> sure. film is absolutely <laughs> god-awful. Is it 1986? 86 or talking? Yeah, 86, yeah. 86. Kung Fu the movie. So this Kung Fu film is like a continuation of that series, basically. So David Carradine's back. Yay! Said no one ever. Yeah. Like, now this is going to be difficult to explain the plot because I don't even know what happened, basically. Yeah. Um, Brandon Lee has a shaved head in it. It's... Oh, God. <laughs> don't even get me started. They were not cool for the character at all. No. And um, yeah, they're like in this like old western town. I really honestly I couldn't tell you what happened. We can get <laughs> awful flashbacks to David Carradine's life as a Shaolin monk, uh-huh. uh, where he has his head shaved. As well. <laughs> he looked better with the shaved head, I think. I think so. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. His hair looked really weird in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then plot twist: we find out that Brandon's his son. I yeah. wasn't expecting that. <laughs> only thing i remember yeah <laughs> which i, I think is this... revealed in every plot synopsis <laughs> it doesn't happen until like I went the blind. movie I went was blind. over yeah 
Oh, it's so funny. Oh my God. Also, I got 12 minutes in and I went to a 1.25 speed because it was just awful. Valid. Yeah. Brandon was kind of silent in it as well. Yeah. You get some fight scenes, but he's silent. And what we will become to see of Brandon, he is so funny and he like gets all the quips. Yeah. And I love yeah. him. So having him not speak in this, very annoying. Yeah. Barely speak. So yeah, it's awful. It's awful. Low key Western. I can't get past the Carradine casting. I think it's disgusting. Yeah. It's like Silver Chalice levels bad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I was trying to follow as best I could, but yeah. essentially, it takes place in the Old West, which is hilarious. I don't know why that's relevant. And his, what's it, Kane, David Carradine, he comes to America because he... I don't know, but basically he ends up like investigating this drug, like opium, because oh, opium again. Drugs, <laughs> yes. There's this really ring, like drug ring. And he keeps getting stalked by bald Brandon. And um, <laughs> he's like, ah, who is this weird kid who keeps following me around? And, um, and also, not only yeah. following him, but like he'll look at him, he'll yeah. turn away, he'll look back and he's yeah. gone. <laughs> There's one amazing directing choice where, and I mean that sarcastically. Okay, so Brandon's standing on the side of the road. This carriage goes by. You can see see Brandon walking behind the carriage in the shot. And then, whoa, he disappeared. Oh my God. His feet. His feet. His little feet. I think uh, this is the quality of this film. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that encapsulates the movie. Oh my god. <laughs> Martin Landau is in this for some reason. Yes. Yep, your face. Like three scenes. Um <laughs> his character does have plot importance, but they go literally nowhere with it. Because they're shipping drugs in these coffins, pretending to be dead people. Classic. And he owns this whole operation, but that goes literally nowhere. Yeah. I thought it was going to go like Karate Kid, where Brandon sort of becomes Carradine's protege or whatever. Because Brandon wants to learn how to fight, which is like, why does he want to learn from this guy? (laughs) He wants to learn how to fight. And then Carradine just gives him a broom and he's on a sweep. Sweep the floor. And so I thought they were going to do like a karate kid thing where he does all the chores and then he learns. But that's not the truth. It turns out Brandon is being brainwashed by the... <laughs> is he? Yeah, by the main bad guy <laughs> to kill Karen. Oh my God, what is this film? So yeah, it, it seems like so much happens in this movie, but in reality, nothing really happens and there's no resolution to any of these plot points. Oh, dear. Poor no, man. Why was it his first film? So. <laughs> this is, I remember, guys, I said at the beginning that I like him more than Bruce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a horrible introduction. <laughs> and I think it's really because he's not in it that much. It's more focused on David Carradine, who's one of the most boring people to ever grace the screen in this film (laughs) and he's 
a white guy who's supposed to be like really amazing at kung fu and yet he obviously does not know what he's doing yes as well um, as that as well they also call him chinaman a lot in the film. yeah there's a lot of racial slurs mm. and it's, it's really uncomfortable he is for many white. it's just how was this made how was yeah. this made awful and you want to know something even worse <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah oh god oh god Here we so go. i was watching this interview that he and brandon did they weren't thankfully not in the same room at oh, the okay. same time but yeah. carradine said that his show the kung fu show did more for kung fu and like chinese people than bruce lee's films did oh my god oh my god oh my god, oh my god. yeah no if, with a straight no. face that's disgusting so, especially because he doesn't know any kung fu he doesn't know yeah. what he's talking about yes. how delusional <laughs> if anything good is good about this movie it would be brandon yes. um yes he's it's definitely like his first film yeah. he's trying what's brandon's next film okay so this is actually my favorite of brandon's film so i'm too bad you didn't watch it but that's okay i'm so human oh my god I'm so oh sorry. it's okay you you should watch it at some point but no pressure thank you yeah i will so, because i god i love him so much so yes this is called legacy of rage it was brandon's only hong kong film so unfortunately he does not like he's dubbed over by someone okay. the dubbing like wasn't that bad though we're it so was... used to dubbing now isn't it like yeah. i thought it was pretty good <laughs> yeah. so this is 1986 this one is also just like insane, but in a good way, in an entertaining okay. way. Brandon works at this restaurant. I think he's like a waiter or something. Okay. Oh, and he also crushes cars. I don't know what is that called, but he's a hardworking man. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. <laughs> he has a girlfriend named May, and she's very supportive. I really like her character. And he also has a friend named Michael, and Michael is not a good person to say the least okay <laughs> and it turns out that michael is out to get oh brandon's character's name is brandon in this movie oh my um, god I love that. that's so easy yeah so michael wants to frame brandon for this guy's murder <laughs> so he can like what? get with his girlfriend <laughs> what okay <laughs> yeah and of course the guy Michael is in, involved in the drug ring because what film would it be if there were no drugs? <laughs> and his father is in charge of that, but Michael's his right hand man. So I don't want to give too much away because you haven't seen it. There's a lot of fighting in this movie, but it's kind of like the big boss where it all leads up to this huge scene at the end where there's like tons of shooting and, and punching and like all this awesome stuff oh my god and, okay. <laughs> um and so it's brandon is all like leading up to this moment you see all the emotions building up in him i mean i think he did a really good job of just like showing his character because his character goes through so much stuff and it's all happened so quickly and none of it is his choice like he's framed for murder by his best friend <laughs> oh and my god there's some a lot of it takes place in a prison and he gets like a bestie in prison who's my what? favorite character <laughs> prison, i can't believe this also and that's the only time he goes to prison in one of his films <laughs> that's yeah 
why do like all of his movies have prison like some sort of like police <laughs> thing and that's funny it's so weird and so I think for me this is his best and also like most underrated performance okay. because he displays everything here for me like he's got the drama there's this nice romance with his girlfriend she's a fully written character as well yeah and I really like that um and then there's also lots of action they use a lot of different set pieces there's like a car chase to love a good car chase love a car chase (laughs) (laughs) um also the character of Michael is a really fun bad guy because He's basically just like James Spader, like the sleazy, like 80s yuppie kind of guy. And I just find him so entertaining. There's this really funny scene where this is near the beginning, but they're all three of them, Brandon, Michael and May are on this boat because Michael's super rich and he shows Brandon this gun that he has. And so Brandon takes the gun and then Michael tells Brandon that he's in love with May and he wants to date her and all the time so Brandon points the gun at his crotch and he says as soon as it reacts I'll shoot it oh my god but he doesn't shoot it they're like oh no just joking that's so funny that is hilarious you know what? It's carrying on his father's legacy of going for that area of a yeah. man. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. And there's some good comedy moments too. Some, and it's his most romantic movie too, which I think is nice. Um, that is nice. There's yeah. some good stuff with that. Uh, it feels very genuine. Um, so nice back and forth. Uh, yeah. He shows off his physicality like as an actor very well because you you see the the progression of his character like through his body. For me, he like really acts with every element of himself. I feel like a lot of actors, they'll just say their lines. They might be convincing in that, but I think he did a great job of showing everything or like how his character really would be feeling in this situation. Yeah. The first half is better than the second half. Okay. I feel like action films do that a lot, where it just yeah. loses steam. They kind of, it's, you're just waiting for the yes. the big, big thing action. to happen. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. a lot of stuff happens, but it feels pretty realistic. Like it's always moving along, some good character development and all that. So, so yeah. I love <laughs> listening to you talk about that. That was brilliant. <laughs> Sorry, it's super chaotic, but there's so many good little gems. I didn't want to give any of them away, but yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to watch this. <laughs> You'll have to tell me everything you think. <laughs> Did you want to talk about laser mission? Yeah, do I want to talk about laser mission? Okay. Oh my god. Okay, laser mission. Now this is so eighties coded. Oh my, my god. So what, what year did laser mission come out? It must be like eighty eight. Eighty nine, I think. Yeah. Eighty nine. Okay, it's yeah. very. Oh my the god, tail end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just got the end of the eighties. It's just good. Kind of espionage, James Bond thriller. Basically, Brandon is undercover, which is so funny. What yeah. country did they go to? I couldn't work it out. They went somewhere in Africa, in but Africa. it was probably not Africa. No, they probably didn't film it there. No, yeah. There. <laughs> 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 he goes there, meets this guy, this professor, 
who I guess is your fave, Ernest Borgnine. Yeah. Know. Yeah. What legend? What legend? Yeah. Why is he in this? Why I don't know. <laughs> Goes there, meets Professor, gets arrested. That once again, typecast. Who's getting arrested? <laughs> Goes back to the states, but the they want to send him back because they gotta they gotta basically find his daughter and get the professor out of like prison or wherever he is in. And he does that. Meets his great meets the professor's daughter. Wink wink. And her name is Alyssa. She is an icon. I love her so much. She is mother. Like the amount of times I wrote Alyssa's mother in these notes. <laughs> basically, hijinks ensue. They get lost in the desert. They have to walk like 400 miles in the desert. I'm not making that number up. <laughs> they have to walk so long. I don't even know like how they did it. And, um, and yeah, it's a big old action blowout at the end. And I absolutely love this film. And I was so ready for it to be rubbish. Well, Letterboxd is just so boring. I hate them all. <laughs> they were really like riffing on this film. Uh-huh. It's so good. It's amazing. This is the first. So this is yeah. So this is the third random film I watched, and this was the film that made me realize, oh my god, I fancy him so much. He's got <laughs> the glasses. He's got the hair in this. He's so just so like charming, but like cocky, but like nice. I just love him so much <laughs> in this film. Um, some some great lines. Um, uh-huh. What do you? Um... <laughs> it's just so bad. Oh my god! When he's he's having a chat on the pier. No, he's walking down this pier, which is so funny because yeah, why walking, was he? He's walking away from the sea. He's yeah, like up the pier. He just materialized out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes and joins the professor on this bed. Are you acquainted with theoretical physics? No. I specialized in recess and girls. Ah, very funny. Why is that I've highlighted so many lines. In this film, he exudes like movie star energy. Like mm-hmm. the first scene where he comes out into the customs of the airport and he's got his like glasses on, he looks amazing. And I was like, you can't buy that. Or you, you just have it. Mm-hmm. And he just had it. Brandon had it. And I don't think, I think people should think about that more. He was, yeah such a star it's absolutely insane like how much of a star he was how freaking annoying it is that he's not here it annoys me but let me talk about fun things that the lions have got (laughs) (laughs) i think it's so funny that the u.s people his bosses send him back to the country that he's a fugitive of Uh (laughs) hilarious he didn't get the job done the first time what makes you think the second time when he's oh my god there's like a chase scene i wonder if you remember this bit He's a chase scene and he falls through the roof and he lands on this family's dinner table. <laughs> he's like, I just dropped in to say, bon appetit. And then he like jumps out the window. <laughs> and like, only he like, can pull this off. It, no one else would be able to make this film work. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> now, he has this great meeting with Alyssa in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And oh my God. <laughs> spoon meter but i never put price tags on women it's way more fun taking them off i've just seen a note i just wrote i put so after that price tag i put this guy s <laughs> he does he really does he does call in the same scene he calls the professor's daughter a bitch and oh, i yeah. would just like to say on behalf of the female community we forgive brandon lee <laughs> <laughs> she was being mean <laughs> right I'll make excuses. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I love these two. I think they're enemies to lovers. I love uh-huh. them so much. He's just everything to me in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait. I've got an also I've got a naughty line again. Wait, let me, uh, one last one last line. Okay. So um Alyssa says, Do you want me to get on my knees and beg for forgiveness? And then uh-huh. Brandon says, That would be nice. <laughs> I'm like cringing reading these rounds, but I'm also oh my god. Oh my god. This guy gets it. He does it. <laughs> I love this film. <laughs> So, or you got to take it away because, oh my yeah. God. Well, okay. Tell me your thoughts on this film. <laughs> yeah, this one was a mixed bag. I really loved Brandon in it. And yeah. when it was like trying to spoof the James Bond stuff and like all yeah. those dumb action movies, I thought that was great. And I really loved the first half. And then I think it just went off the rails toward the ending. But there's, it's just so random. You have to love it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So seriously. Yeah. It's fun. Brandon seems to just be like having a wonderful time. And he you can tell he loves these stupid lines. And that makes yeah. it even better. <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, so yeah, of course I enjoyed it because I think if he wasn't playing it in the sort of tongue-in-cheek way that he did, it would not be good. You probably remember this where they're at the hotel, they arrive in the city and they're they just like trek through the desert. And so they're like super dirty and stuff. And oh, they also arrive on a horse because they found a horse. Yeah. In the desert. <laughs> okay. And they give it to the valet. <laughs> and he calls the dry cleaner and because he wants him to clean their clothes. And they're like, oh, yeah, that'll take three hours or something. And then he's like, give me five. <laughs> and, and then it just cuts. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, this movie is bizarre. Yeah. Like, there's no, you're not going to get that in any other film. Yeah, so there's just lots of fun stuff. I think after they arrive in the city at the hotel, like, it kind of falls apart because yeah. uh, Alyssa gets... Uh, kidnapped or whatever by this is he Russian I don't know he had a weird accent and it was not consistent but like the bad guy and then Brandon has to go and save her and it just goes on and on I think the general plot was pretty fun there's like this diamond like this rare diamond that's obviously made of plastic or something that it it gets stolen by the Russian guy and yes there's no lasers in this film but I guess Ernest makes lasers I don't know, but he gets kidnapped for yes his laser. I don't know what any of this has to do with any of this, but it's the nonsensical qualities. You're just along for the ride. And then we learned that Alyssa is not actually the daughter of Ernest Borgnine. She was yeah. sent by the guys that sent Brandon on the mission to keep an eye on him, which does make sense, but also not really. So we see his real daughter, who's just some random lady. I thought it was a great reveal, though. Ernest, yeah. Who's that? Oh my. Yeah. (laughs) I thought she was going to be with the bad guys. Ooh. But she wasn't. No. She's a good girl, Arlissa. I love her. The relationship between Brandon and I can't remember her name, but the lady that played Alyssa, I thought that was the main thing holding the film together. They were very fun to watch together, I think. Yeah. She gave it back as much as he gave it as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's so good in this film. I love it. I love it. Yeah, he's super funny and you really get to see his sense of comedy, which is very unique. And he really just, he delivered all those lines with such sincerity. I just can't get over these, this dialogue. (laughs) I I can't believe it. This this is actually what I didn't not know. I did not know or didn't think about going into Brandon's films that he was going to be so funny. Yeah, me neither. And so witty and so dry. And I love dry humor. Should we go to showdown? Yeah, this is showdown time. Yeah. You oh, describe because you so like I it. showdown. Yeah. I freaking loved showdown in El Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> this was the first film I watched. So this podcast preparation. I was like, okay, here we go. I, I literally no thoughts whatsoever. Um, purely watched it first because of the runtime. I was like, oh, okay, I'll get that in. So, yeah, I love this film so much. I gave it 4.5 out of 5 on that oh Absolutely brilliant. This is more, I've got so, I highlighted all the quotes in pink, and this page is like just practically pink. Oh my God. So, it's Dolph Lundgren, who I literally had no opinion of. I just knew him as a meme from It's Always Sunny, but I've never watched one of his films. <laughs> now I'm also obsessed with him. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I love him so much. Um, and so he is a, he's a police officer, detective, whatever, and his family, they lived in Japan. And then his family's been murdered by this Yakuza boss, uh, who's like now made a resurgence in Little Tokyo. Um, uh, in San Francisco? Is it based in San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah, San Francisco. Cool. Right? Yeah. Yeah, gotta be. Um, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in California. Sorry. <laughs> oh, wait, I literally wrote it. It's LA. So like, Dolph Lundgren gets, he gets a new partner at the police station and it's Brandon Lee with short hair as well. Yeah. Sorry. I want, I want Brandon Lee hair watch. Yeah. Short hair. And oh my God, this guy, he is just quipping one-liners. Like there's no tomorrow. It's actually insane. The line this guy comes up with. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they pair up together and it's quite interesting. All the police, this is like one scene. It's not even that important. But like all the other police people are like, lol, good luck having him as your partner. And it's, but like, it becomes Rose and it's great. And they're like, oh, shit them so much. <laughs> Brandon Lee's character in this is half Japanese, half American. And yeah, he knows nothing about his heritage whatsoever. Yeah. Which is obviously interesting as well, though, because obviously Brandon Lee had a Chinese father and an American mother. So, you know, it's close to homish in a little way. Obviously. He was not as ignorant as his character mm-hmm. in the film is. So Dolph Lundgren's character like loves Japan. And he writes haikus as well. Oh my god, me. <laughs> I write haikus. <laughs> it's all so funny. And but like Brandon's so bad. He knows nothing about his culture. He says, this is a quote, he only knows about malls and MTV. <laughs> he goes, I don't eat raw fish, but that's just me. <laughs> he is so dumb in this. So dumb in this. But like, is I he a himbo? I thought he was a himbo. Okay. I said he was a himbo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dolph London is the smart one. And I don't want to be mean to Dolph London. I'm sure he's a lovely person. You wouldn't think he was You know yeah. what I mean? He's a bit of like a meat. You'd think he'd be like a meathead uh-huh. kind of thing. But no, he's like really smart. He writes haiku. Come on. Haikus <laughs> are hard. And, um, a genius. I, I like that little inverted stereotype. So I'll take that. Mm-hmm. We definitely have to talk about that line. That I have two lines that literally is like <laughs> insane for me. Right? Okay, so I'm thinking. Okay, so there's a character in this. The, the woman in this basically they have to protect her from the yakuza. Dolph London gives her a gun, 
And he says, shoot anyone you hear coming. And she's like, but what if, what if, I, what if I hear you? And he says, you won't hear me coming. And uh, <laughs> so, okay, interesting. Keep that in mind about 30 minutes later. This might be a bit NSFW, but uh, basically there's this, oh my God, it's awful. This 90s like sex scene between the two. And after, I'm so embarrassed to be saying this, but she says the dope. That time I heard you coming. <laughs> I was like, hell no. I was like, my husband, how? Like, I'm sorry, Oscar for best original script. The funnier thing is the scene, the sex scene is five seconds long. I'm not even joking. <laughs> How can you watch that and not think this is the best film ever made? That made me laugh so hard, but not yes. as hard as a future sex scene. Oh my God, yes. Okay. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. There's also, there's also this brilliant line. Basically, they're all in this house that Dolph Lundgren built and it's like a typical Japanese house they're hiding out there as like a hideaway and Brandon's there as well, which is so funny. Just third weird. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then this is when I knew the line was coming, but I didn't know it was coming. After that little scene, Dolph comes out and he's like putting on his trousers. And then Brandon Lee tells Dolph Lundgren that he has the biggest mm, he's ever seen on a man. <laughs> Why did they keep that here? Why was that with a straight face? With a straight face, yeah. No, there's no joke about it. He like meant it. Like they are boyfriends. Oh, and the reason he says it is he's like, "We're about to die, and so I need to tell you this." (laughs) Thank you. you. Has everyone not seen this film yet? And even though you know it's gonna come because it's literally top of your letterbox, it still just takes you out. Like, oh my god, because you don't know when it's when it's gonna happen no so you're like on your toes waiting for yeah. it and it's after the time i heard you that, that time i heard you when you're revealing <laughs> from that line then they hit you with the biggest line it's not over yet <laughs> i can't do it i can't do it i put this is this not the gayest film ever <laughs> it is oh my god sorry i just remember one more bit and then then i'll let you speak on this film <laughs> But there's a bit, there's a fight scene at the end and Brandon is reading the the Miranda right to this guy as he's beating him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally oh God, not like, police oh, brutality. <laughs> totally not. ACAB includes these two. Right? Yeah, okay. sorry, Brandon. I'm not making excuses this <laughs> time. <laughs> but he does say a great thing. He takes this guy into a vat of what I thought, I didn't know what it was, but I think it's pet. I think it's beer. Is it beer? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah, it's alcohol. Huh. Beer. Whatever. He he. Yeah. So he kicks it into the beer. He lights the flame and he throws it in. And he says, "You have the right to be dead." That's it. That's it. Podcast over. This is done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just it still so much. And, oh my god! I've got so much to say. I can't even sit on like one thing. I've got, I just remember this other thing. <laughs> Wait, okay, but one thing, like, I don't think beer is flammable. It's like, not, it's not just any alcohol flammable. I don't think so. I want more alcohols. Wait, let me look it up. It says it's generally not. Interesting. Because <gasps> it doesn't have a high alcohol content. Not accurate. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. 
And he also throws the, he doesn't even walk yeah. away. He's like five feet away from this explosion. <laughs> that's just Brandon Lee. He's yeah. Like, oh, that's just Brandon. That's not even acting. That's just yeah. Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even need to fear. I've got two more things to say. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Um, this isn't about Brandon, it's about Dolph. He wears his leather jacket and like a vest top to work as a police officer, which is just so funny. And it's yeah, definitely not uniform. Yeah. No, it's really not uniform. <laughs> oh my god, I love it so much. You know they go on like a stakeout. Uh-huh. They are parked right next to the building. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a stakeout. <laughs> that is so visible. <laughs> they're on the top of a hill when they're binoculars <laughs> they're so I'm dumb done. i'm done <laughs> oh my god it's incredible it's so good well i feel like a big load of crap because i think how do i say that i think i think we should have watched it together i think so yeah, yeah. it's yeah. definitely like a group watch kind of film yes. yeah no, I was like so excited. I love these kinds of movies. And I just, I don't know. It worked in some aspects. Yeah. I really like the bad guy. And yes. halfway through, I was like, oh my God, this guy looks so familiar. And he played Johnny Tsunami. Have you seen that decom? No, I don't think I have. <gasps> the Johnny Tsunami. Oh my God. Wait, what? what? He's so threatening in this film and he like he will kill like he is ruthless and then johnny tsunami he's like this like hipster surfer grandpa and i love him so much i was like no way same guy oh my god it's the same guy so i was just like wow his range is insane so what an actor (laughs) i needed to point that out because it was bugging me like the whole film and then i finally it finally clicked. Imagine being in, in little, Showdown Little Tokyo at a decom. Yeah. That's my perfect filmography. So. Yeah. yeah. Name a better filmography. <laughs> yeah. But I thought he was honestly my favorite part. Probably more than Brandon. But I'm sorry. That's controversial. I just really liked um, the bad guy. <laughs> no, don't worry. Brandon wasn't my favorite part. I love dolls. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it was because most of these films, like even counting the Bruce ones, like I find the bad guys very generic and like stereotypical. So I thought he did a really good job. But I did think too much of the movie did focus on the villains. I think more focus on the the main cop duo would have been nice because yeah. there yeah. was yeah. not a lot of that weirdly. That's not what I expected. Yeah. Oh yeah, we definitely should have got more more of them in the car. Or, yeah, you know what I mean. One and bonding because because they they didn't go on at first. Yeah, just seeing their progression more would have been nice. It just felt like all of a sudden they just liked each other, which yeah. doesn't seem very realistic. <laughs> they eat sushi off of naked people. Yep, yep, yep. But I've seen that in a lot of things. Okay, like film wise, there's later a line where Brandon's like, "When we get done." We're going to go eat fish off those naked chicks. What? Why did you say it like that? It's so bad. And I wrote, he looks so, so insane Brandon. saying that. <laughs> That's quite interesting. 
yeah, I didn't get the vibe that he had as much fun as in this than uh-huh. he did in Blaze on the Street. So. Yeah. Sure, I don't know I, what it was. I just think yeah. he was like, he didn't appeal to me as much in this film because he didn't seem like he wanted to be there as much. And yes. I get that this wasn't a challenging role at all. Like he was still funny with those quips, but actually came off sometimes mean, not mean or like maybe like more like aggressively or like a bit angrily. Yeah. Um, He's like, like, why am I saying this? Yes. Which yes. is totally valid because every single yeah. line he had was like just some smart ass remark it wasn't like a line of dialogue yeah everything is like a quip Mm -hmm. when they see the the blonde girl's murder Mm -hmm. they see her decapitated head he goes you know this is a weird part of town like god my guy please be serious for one second yeah i don't need to say this so yeah definitely yeah i think you could probably Mm -hmm. sense his little frustration a little bit Mm -hmm. and maybe also that's why i think it would rapid fire as much because i felt like i also got that vibe but but yeah, compared to Laser Mission, yeah, it was definitely not. <laughs> I think it's okay that his character isn't as in tune with his background, but it's just weird to then make the white guy be more invested in it. It just comes off really strange because Brandon is almost like a secondary character or he is comic relief. Yes. So it just really doesn't feel like they're doing anything of that much substance with the Japanese culture aspect. Yes. There's not really like a growth with it, I think, no, like with Brandon's like, character. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't learn to love his culture or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. The bad guys are running a drug thing that's disguised as a, a beer plant. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, logical. Yeah, that's not going to get caught. Because they keep murdering women. And so then the cops, they go to to figure out what happened and then they so also much. find out yeah. there's a drug thing but then the cop like the cop stuff doesn't really matter like it almost doesn't matter that they're cops yeah you literally only see one scene in the police in the bullpen right yeah like, and then they're like interrogating one guy which is just so funny because dog's got his freaking leather jacket on can't be interrogating a guy like that <laughs> So, yeah, I just think, like, for me, there was a lot of stuff they could have done, and they just didn't. And that's okay. I just, for me, it's not that interesting. Because I wrote, like, what is their role as cops? Are they still working with the force? Did they go rogue? Like, how are they getting access to all of this stuff when it's, and they're probably, like, against working against their regulations? Like, why did no one help them when they had the showdown in his house? Yeah. (laughs) so yeah that's really true yeah I feel like there was missing some scenes and I guess there actually were because the the studio cut it down yes and you can definitely tell it's 76 minutes or something yeah it's yeah it's so short it's actually insane how short it is and it easily could have been 90 minutes and I think I may have liked it better if it had been a little bit longer Wow, that's the only time we get to say we wanted something longer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Normally, I want it to be 70 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but I think with something like this, where there's just so much happening, um, you do need a little bit more exposition. Like, it just gets right into it. Um, yeah. And also, another thing with buddy cop movies is that's a trope, is they go rogue, but you need to see that happening or like them getting yes. fired or whatever. There's just, yeah. they just don't do that at all. No. There's like a fight scene in a bathhouse. Oh, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, that oh, was, was cool. Yeah, 
I love that scene. Yeah. I like Brandon do like proper fighting. Like, yeah, he doesn't really fight in this film. No, yeah, yeah. It is yeah. one doll. Karate Master, mm-hmm. good. But yes, I wanted more. But I love the bathhouse scene so mm-hmm. much. And I'm pretty sure Brandon's got two guys on him. I think Dolph was in the water as well. It's like, we could have had a Brandon water moment as well. But yeah, what the heck? Gutted, gutted. <laughs> yeah, it's just so strange, like, how little Brandon has to do in this film. Like, he almost doesn't even need to be in the movie. And I hate yeah. to say that, but he's really just there as comic relief. Yeah. Which sucks, because it's like, it's Brandon Lee. Like. <laughs> yeah, we know he's funny. We know he can do funny. We've all yeah. seen Laser Mission, like yeah give us more yeah um uh, also can we talk about the torture scene <laughs> sure it's so homoerotic that's it is i'm sorry oh my god it's actually insane what we're watching like yeah electrocuted and, and they're shirtless they're shut they're shirtless they're sweat dripping off them yeah it's insane it's insane <laughs> it's just someone's like fantasy i feel like yeah um, it's very specific i weirdly didn't write any quotes though from the scene so i have one what did you write because i think i was just shocked you were just yeah your mouth is <laughs> okay this is from brandon of course in between cooking cycles you're supposed to baste us that's right you fucking idiots oh my god which sounds like a euphemism i'm cringing so much why did you say that brandon uh whilst you're being tortured you do not need to do a funny quip whilst you're being yeah that also has an innuendo yeah <laughs> this guy doesn't stop yeah he's literally gonna die and that's what he I'll wants to it. say like, I'll take it. <laughs> some people in letterboxd were saying like how weird this movie is so misogynistic but it's also like incredibly gay you get the full scope of things yeah no no gender is left out everyone's on the chopping board yeah the female character doesn't she doesn't really serve a purpose in this film no more like a damsel in it yeah what did you think of the fight scenes in this these ones were interesting also, remember, this is my this was my first film. So I was like surprised at how I didn't know. I just had it in my head that Brandon wasn't a fighter, which is the dumbest <laughs> thing ever. So dumb. I don't know why I thought that. But yeah, they don't focus on him as much. It's more mm-hmm. yeah, the, the scenes are mostly about doll fighting. But I liked the fight scenes. I thought they were good. I really did. I didn't hate them. There's a great line when I think his fight scenes is a bit bad, and big Dolph like rips into him for it, and then he goes, and then Brandon goes, "I was four. There's nothing." with my form and i'm like you go brandon you go yeah you defend go. yourself defend he was king. so mean to him and he really yeah. was <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, i don't yeah. know if that was like on purpose like his character wasn't supposed to be like a super good fighter but i did feel like they didn't give him like super good choreography no yes so i'm glad he got a bit more better with the choreo in like rapid fire so uh-huh. but yeah this is very like a little bit surface level mm-hmm wise yeah but i still love this film yeah it's fun still there's so much to to look at and (laughs) listen to (laughs) yeah there needs to be like an audiobook where you just hear brandon's lines (laughs) yeah (laughs) i would listen to that every night before bed (laughs) 
<laughs> my main thing was like that the tone was really weird because of how down the lines were but I don't think it was supposed to be like that funny like it was serious yeah. Dolph was playing it very serious yeah and I think that kind of juxtaposed to what Brandon is yeah <laughs> Hey, do you want to do you want to move on to rapid fire? Sure. Next, we have rapid fire, which is from 1992, and Brandon stars as a character named Jake Lowe, and he's a college student. I think he's like an art student or something. He's an art student. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. We need to go back because at the beginning of the movie, there's these this Italian guy named Serrano. <laughs> And then this other guy named Tommy. And we learn that they're like in charge of this drug ring. And they're not really getting along together anymore because I guess they're like on opposite sides. There's like this whole gang war going on or something. Love it. Brandon is at his nude drawing class. I can believe it. (laughs) (laughs) The model asks him, to go on a date with her and then it turns out she actually just wants him to like go to this meeting because there's this group at the college it's basically like a free movement type group and i think they're using what happened in Tiananmen square as a basis for that yeah and then they want brandon to speak because his family was killed but he doesn't really want to do any of that because he quote thinks politics is bullshit that's logical and his dad died in a political way yeah but since he's he's there at the party or whatever and all of the drug dude guys are there for some reason and serrano kills one of them and brandon witnesses it so now he has to go into witness protection program he needs to testify, in it? Now he's caught in the middle between these, like, federal agent guys and then also the Serrano gang and then also the gang with Tommy. He teams up with these cops who to kill Serrano, basically, because he is going to be framed for killing the cops that the breakaway federal agent guy is killed so he needs to, like clear his name yeah a lot of blackmail involved <laughs> yes yeah but anyway that's the plot of right the midfire well done it. <laughs> it was so hard to follow all of that i got so confused with who is who and what do yeah. they want <laughs> but <laughs> it's too convoluted but yeah no yeah, the second yeah. Act, I couldn't tell you what happened or who was fighting who. Yeah, no idea. And why, you know. It takes place in Chicago. I think they actually filmed in Chicago. So there's like a new location. And yes. I think they actually filmed like most everything there, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I could that. change up. Yeah. Yeah. I like this movie. I thought it was all right for what it was. Yeah. And Brandon, choreo- he co-choreographed the fight scenes. And I think they're the best fight scenes of his career. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. And he got like super innovative with them. He mentioned in an interview that the important thing is you don't want it to be too crazy. Like you still want it to be believable. And I think he achieved that. The only issue really I have with it that took away from it was the stuff with the cops. I just, I don't know. I find cops so boring. Yeah. 
And I don't get why he would even want to help them out because he doesn't owe them anything. One thing I thought was really weird about this review that someone wrote, I think when the movie came out, is like a legitimate reviewer. They said they didn't like that the movie was capitalizing off of the death of Bruce Lee. Because I guess the fact that Brandon's character's dad died equals that. It really doesn't, does it? I think people just love to compare, love to put them together. It's Mm -hmm. weird, isn't it? Yeah, like, like, it's not how... That's just the plot of a film. (laughs) It's just a film. Yeah, exactly. Like, God, oh my God. Yeah, it's not... I think they were just really grasping at the swirls of that one. Yeah. I like that element of the plot. I thought it added to his character. It definitely is like they didn't do a lot with it. Like they loved showing up that they loved showing the flashback. Yeah, it's quite dark actually. Yeah, Yeah. I thought the stuff with Brandon's character was a lot more interesting, especially with his past and his father, and his character's arc. I just think as it went on, the movie just became about so many different characters, and Brandon got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, which. I'm not looking for something like super heart-wrenching or like thought-provoking, but I just think if you are going to bring up something about his father being murdered and that's why he is the way that he is, you can't just say that happened yeah. and then not ever come back to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they made the cop Ryan into his new father figure. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Like, That's this not... man is using Brandon yeah. to get his job done. Just because he's an older man does not mean he is a father figure. No. <laughs> Funny you say that, because last line of my notes for this is I put not the dad parallels. Oh, my so, God. And I can't remember why I put that, but <laughs> you can say that there's an ed- a weird editing choice. Uh-huh. We were both on it. <laughs> yeah. We were like, no. I also thought his character was like pretty realistic as far as yeah. these films go. Like he was really just thrust into this situation and yeah. had no idea like what was going on and who to trust. And so it was nice, I guess, to see him not always making like rational decisions. Um, yeah. And he really only fights people like because he has to. He doesn't really want to, which is yeah. such a like a change up. Because there's one scene where he has to, like, shoot these guys. And he looks like, he's like, I don't even want to be shooting these people. (laughs) I can't describe it, but I just thought that was amazing. Like, he really just did not want to be doing this right now. Because very interesting acting choice. I know you mentioned, like, you it came off as, like, he didn't really seem like he wanted to be there. But for me, that was, like, his character more so than him. Yes. Yeah, I like that. An interesting difference between Brandon and Bruce for me is that I think, I feel like Brandon in his movies, he fights more because he has to, or because it's like a final option sort of thing. But I feel like Bruce liked to fight, like his characters just yes. wanted to kill people. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna always so it's just, I don't think one is better than the other, but it's just a nice dichotomy like to each other. Yeah. One more note I had about the fighting was that to me, they felt really realistic because it seemed like they just filmed the whole thing like from beginning to end. Usually they like cut it so the people don't look like they're working that hard or like sweating too much or something. But this just came off like really exhausting, which I think was on purpose. Um, But either way, it felt like 
they were really taxing for Brandon's character. And I think that kind of helped tell the story a little bit and also represents his character. And I think he's he was really good at using the fighting scenes to his character too. And the way he fights in each of his films is different for each of the characters, which I don't think is like something you really see in a lot of action movies. So I have to give him a lot of credit for that. You didn't like this one, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have, because I have found all of his other films. I think I was just a bit tired of cracking guy who quips like all the time. And I think, I don't know, I just think I was just a bit tired of it. Sure. I've seen it all before in Brandon's other films. <laughs> Which also makes, I couldn't watch this enough in, in chronological order. Obviously, it makes the last watch very good to compare to. But like, yeah, I just, I don't know why to think of all of it. And I find it really difficult to watch as well and to actually sit down and watch it. I love the first half, half I say. It's up until the bit when he goes to Chicago and it's the police officer he's with that get killed. Mm-hmm. Everything up to that moment was like, great, okay, this is so fun. But then it just got too convoluted for me, mm-hmm. literally. I couldn't even follow you then doing the synopsis. It's it so much. Just, it's a lot. It is a lot. But I'm going to be that negative. Literally, once again, Brandon is the star. That's fine. You can watch that. And there is also a Fist of Fury reference as well. Oh, I don't think I caught that. It's what the detective says to him. He says, why don't you take your Fist of Fury outside? (laughs) It's when they go to that man's house, who I have no idea, the older guy? Oh, Frank? Frank, yes. Yeah, Um, he was the agent that double-crossed them. See, I didn't know he was a police agent. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> I, did, I thought he did because then he worked then he got him in with serrano wasn't he like they, yeah 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 but, um yeah it was at his house okay. i think maybe frank said it then i can't remember who said it him or the the detect like the main detective guy. oh yeah mace ryan <laughs> mace ryan. oh actually no so that's reminding me i think yeah. jake glow is a great name <laughs> yeah there are some good jake names Lowe. in this movie maybe if we watch it together it would have been funner yeah maybe so that vibe I really like it. But uh, what did you, I actually don't know what you thought of it. Okay. I liked it. I thought it was yeah. pretty fun. There was way too much going on, which is honestly not really a complaint. But I just think since there, it got to the point where it was confusing, that is not necessary for a movie like this. Yes, and, <laughs> it should not be that. Yeah. <laughs> I think even the director, like the screenwriter later said, there should have just been one villain. And I agree with that. Because I think there were at least three main villains. And so none of them really ever got to the point of being a good villain. Yes. Yeah. So the actor Zima, um, who was like the main like Asian baddie. Um, he was my favorite of the villains though. Of the vill- yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure it doesn't even get killed on the train track. Yeah. That was yes. a good scene. Yeah. That was crazy. They really delivered on the death scenes. <laughs> While I was watching, I was thinking who would be good to play Serrano because I thought the guy was like, okay, but okay. I really wanted Harvey Keitel to play him. And then I learned he was considered for the role. Oh my God. But what I think, shout. yeah, he was probably too busy because he had three yeah. films come out that year. Oh my God. <laughs> he didn't have time. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, whenever there's a threatening New York man, I'd need it to be Harvey. So. It's always Harvey, yes. 
Because I don't even think the guy that played him was from New York. His accent was really strange. And also, why is he New Yorker? Because they're in Chicago. <laughs> Audrey, don't ask questions <laughs> like this. <laughs> Sorry, I just, my mind gets to, to so working. <laughs> the characters outside of Brandon's character, I just didn't find them that interesting. Yeah. The love story thing was just so stupid yeah what was that i think if it's brandon under contract or something to get with all this female yeah (laughs) i'll understand (laughs) yeah that was weird i they probably just added that for the ladies or whatever but i didn't it didn't work for me yet (laughs) and wasn't it cringe that scene yeah oh should we talk about it (laughs) Okay, basically, there's this female police officer who works with Mace Ryan. I can't remember what her name is, like Carla or something. And she's really mean to Brandon, like, for essentially the whole film. And then I guess they're, like, attracted to each other, though. And so there's one part where (laughs) they're, like, in his apartment or her apartment, and they're talking about his uh, dead father. Classic topic. <laughs> and then, like, immediately, we get a sex scene. Um, Like, it's right like, after that. It's like a montage, isn't it? <laughs> Other stuff going on, and then they're having sex. Oh, it would be... Yeah, because oh, they, the editor decided to intersperse this very, like, eroticized scene with the drug deal bust and, like, this man getting murdered. <laughs> Oh my god! And all whilst this cringy nineties like ballad song. Yeah. <laughs> it's the hardest I've laughed ever at a sex scene. Like I could not stop laughing. <laughs> Why did they do that? I don't know. It was amazing. I didn't need to do that at all. I didn't need to do. That. But they had to as well. Like they just had to. They yeah, not it put was. That in. It was necessary, <laughs> but it also wasn't. Brandon and this character and this woman—they had nothing in nothing before it. That hmm. was like, they had no tender moments. They had no chemistry. They had no scenes together without them fighting and hmm. bickering. So why did they just bring that on all of a sudden? I don't understand. And they're talking about his dead father. Like what? <laughs> Yeah, there's no reason for this at all. We did not need to see that. No. And also the scene that's happening like in between the scene is pretty important to the plot. Yeah. Like, so I it like it was lost on me. Also, I can't stop thinking about the fact that the one art room scene we got, oh my god, it was so funny. They literally just step into the class. They're in there for like two minutes. And then they go up to Brandon and this is a new drawing class, new model. Mm-hmm. They go to Brandon's artwork and he's showing the model completely naked and with a bull behind her. <laughs> I think it was a dragon. It was a dragon. It was a dragon. Yeah. Okay. And, and that makes sense. Oh my God. How did he have time to make that? They literally just got into the class. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> not the assignment. So we're now. Crow came out in 94, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. So we're at the Crow, Brandon's last film. Obviously, prefacing this to say that this is a film that he died on set of. 
the actual finished without him, was released posthumously. So it does tarnish it with a bad name. But I really enjoy this film and I think it's a work of art compared to Brandon's other films. And I wish it didn't have that attached to it. But obviously it's... When you see that source material and what it's about, it just makes it even more sadder. It's mm-hmm. very upsetting that he died during this film. But we can talk about the film The Crow, based on a graphic novel. Basically, Eric Draven, who is Brandon, is in a rock band. Him and his fiance get brutally murdered and assaulted in their flat and they're dead at the beginning of the film. And then a crow reanimates. Eric's corpse and he becomes alive. He's got, uh, it's not superpowers, but he's like invincible basically. Yeah. He can't die and like he gets shot and then the bullet wounds will like just like magically heal up. It's great. It's amazing to see. And he did goes on like a revenge tour of, of the group that did, did those horrible things to him and his wife, fiance. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really depressing, really dark. It's not a fun watch, but straight off the bat, it's already so different. To all of Brandon's films, it actually to me this feels like a, a film. Like this is a real film. It's not like a safe DVD or <laughs> video thing. Uh-huh. This is like an actual proper film, and just so everything's just up a level. I think I think Brandon's amazing in it. I think the story is it's just fascinating. I love the supporting cast as well. I love Ernie Hudson's character. I love little Sarah. We also get really cute scenes of Brandon. And Shelley before they died, and it's so sweet to see like them in a little romantic thing, you know, not forced or like his other films. <laughs> um, but it's just a, in, it's a very interesting film. I watched it a couple of years back, and I remember nothing about it. And then when I was watching it, I still nothing like came back to me. I still count as a rewatch. Then I also forgot how much I love Bailey. She's in it. Oh, was she the baddie? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's a queen. She's a mother. But yeah, it's just, I think it's a really good film, but I think it's definitely a product of its time. It feels like a really, I know it's 90s, but like an early noughties music video. Yeah. <laughs> emo band or something. So goth, so goth. But yeah, I think it, this kind of does break the curse. I know because this is Bruce as well. It does break the curse of their last film being bad because it's an excellent film in my eyes. But yeah, I really like it. I really like it. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot to say. I have many thoughts. Yeah. Many thoughts. Maybe <laughs> this is be incoherent. So I know you're not too favorable on it. No, no, interesting, <laughs> interesting. I will say like, though, the director did a lot of music videos before. This was his debut, yeah. I think, film debut. And he's done. Oh, I should bring it up, but he's actually done. I thought he was like a nobody, but he's done quite a fair <laughs> bit. <laughs> the only other film I've seen of his was iRobot, so actually. Mm. I mean, great film. Like. Yeah, that's funny. I see the similarities, though. It makes sense. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, carry on. I just don't like this movie because it makes me really depressed in how meta the whole thing is. Like, I know they, it's based on the experiences that the author of the comic book had when his wife was killed. Um, but it's just so strange how similar it is to Brandon's uh, yes. life. So yeah, I don't know. That just it definitely tarnishes the film, and it's just hard to watch in that yeah. sense. But it's certainly a different role for him. He really yes. embodies the character. Yep, I really like his his whole aesthetic. 
that he's yes. got going on. Yep. He looks uh, so different in this film. Yeah. And I'm, I was like, not just because of the makeup, which can I say, I think he looks incredible in. I think it's, oh my God, the character design is incredible. Yeah. But but yeah, he is. Just... But what I love though, is that it's still Brandon. He's talking and he's still funny. And I just think that's great. But also he's just acting so well in this as well. Yeah. He's doing his best acting work, I feel like. In this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I think it's just so different. Like it was a little bit weird. Yeah. Like yeah. to get used to. Yeah. It's a complete niche. You could not be more different from his other films. Yeah. Or his other five are like together. And then this is just on its own. Like you, you, he could be a different actor. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would make sense, but to be a completely different person for how different he is in this film, which sucks all the more because then it just showed how much potentially add. Yeah, to really be an actor. Yeah. But another thought I had, and this is just in general, is I really don't think he gave himself enough credit because if you watch a lot of his interviews, like he's always like, oh yeah, like the movies are okay. I didn't do a very good job or I wasn't really trying very hard or something, which I just, I doesn't come across to me. Oh, yeah. That I think he was a lot more talented than he thought he was in like all of his performances are very individual and the best part about all of the films so but yeah it is it's nice that he did get to do one movie that wasn't a lot about yeah he does kill people in this but they earn they deserve it (laughs) it's like it's a different vibe than his other films yes in that sense but yeah i think I just struggle with it like story-wise because it's it's like a rape revenge film and yeah. I really like I don't vibe with those especially because he wasn't the one that like I think it just it's it's hard because he's using like his character is using his fiance's trauma to avenge her but he's still I don't know it's just I don't know how to explain it I know what you mean, but I'm on board of it because they need to get their, like, just desserts. Sure, yeah. feel all her pain as well. Oh, my God. Yeah, but I think it would work fine or maybe even better if she... If it was just him getting revenge for himself. Yeah. Like, rather... I don't know. It just didn't really work for me, but... That's fair. The but obviously, yeah, the bad guys are terrible people and really weird. And I get, yeah, like why it would make sense for people to want to see them get murdered. So. Yeah, all day long. Oh my god, Did you see what he did? Like, but, yeah, yeah. And they swallow bullets. That was one note I had. <laughs> They're just really weird guys. Yes. Yeah. I think I also had a bit of trouble with just like the tone of this film because the bad guys are like really over the top, like very goofy, clownish, but then it's like super dark subject matter. Yeah. Um, And so it was just, I wasn't really sure if I was supposed to be laughing at them or if it was, yeah, what was really going on there. I think I just got confused. No, that's fair. I do like the stuff between... Brandon and Ernie Hudson's character. Yes. Yeah. They're in his apartment yes. and they're talking about their backstories. Yes. And I think 
I read somewhere that it was like they actually improvised a lot of that scene, which really comes through. It just feels very personal and they're just connecting with each other. Yes. Um, so I think when there's little scenes like that, I really enjoyed those people just yeah. connecting with each other. And same with so, Eric and Sarah, their little Sarah. bond. Yeah. But I think there weren't a lot of those types of scenes because they were going to film those after Brandon passed away. And so they just ended up cutting them out of the film. And you can tell there are some I'll say they're things like that are just missing. Yeah, or like yeah. the scenes of him and Sarah, it's a lot of him filmed from the back and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Like, it feels a bit choppy. God, I don't even know how... It's insane how... Like, God, they have some footage. Like, yeah. crazy. They changed the whole film. Yeah. But what do you feel about them completing it? So I know they definitely asked for permission. And I'm, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure his fiance, Brandon's fiance, and his mother were both for it. Mm-hmm. I. It's really tricky, isn't it? I'm glad they did finish it just because we got to see Brandon in this role. Yeah. Even things like to say, like The Dark Knight. For example, like they, if they didn't finish that just because he died, then he would have got an Oscar. So like, I'm always like, I'm not like so totally against them like making these films after they died, but I think it's just they have to get like the permission. Mm-hmm. And also, if it's a good film, yeah. like, like Game of Death should never have been made. I know we had that one fight scene, but no, that should not have been made. I'm sorry, but then I feel like this can the crow definitely got a path. They had way more filmed, and what mm-hmm. they had was like salvageable. So I'm like for it. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't know, what do you think? It's okay for this case because they were almost done and I think they just wanted to put it out there for Brandon, which I think is yeah. nice. But it also is just a little weird, I think, as a viewer. Um, yes. And I'm sure it was really difficult for all the people working on the film to yes. to go back and do that again. Um, his, his stunt double stood in for Brandon and they had the makeup guy make him a mask. Yeah, that looked like Brandon, and I guess they had to not do that anymore because it was like freaking people out. And I think it's just hard because of the subject matter. I think if it wasn't a film about someone dying and like coming back to life, it wouldn't feel so strange. Yes, it's like a sick irony in it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm glad people like it and I'm glad it did well okay. and is like still beloved today. I think it makes for a can I just say it's a great yeah. October watch. Like Yeah. It takes place on like it takes place on thirty of October, literally. Yeah. Yeah. In the literal midnight, like. Uh-huh. Yeah, I forgot oh. it was like a twenty four hour I guess yeah, it's a well, year, it's, but yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> twenty four hour count. Yeah. 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 Like so I think epilogue. that's cool. Yes. I definitely did not remember that. That's no. very cool. <laughs> Yeah, and there's, if you like the whole vibe, it's like Gotham City, uh, where it's just like crime infested, and it's always dark, and everyone's so depressed and weird, (laughs) all that good stuff. Oh, did you catch, oh, yeah, sorry. No, 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 say what we're gonna say. (laughs) One of the bad guys is named Skank. And I was like, like in the rave. No. That's on the IMDb trivia for it. Wait, it is? I was going to take a screenshot for you, but I just didn't. But yeah, so the rape is mentioned. They both no. got the same year. No, no way. No, no, the same year. No, yeah, yeah. The same year. Wait, no, yeah, because I think rape is like 86. I think but... it was like, no, 
I'll find it on the Chrome. Okay. That was just something I noticed. But... No, it's in the eye. I will find it for you. <laughs> That's hilarious. Maybe it was like uh, a reference. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a similar story. Guy comes back from the dead. Yeah. yeah. Oh much? my God. Even if it didn't copy the race, I doubt it did. But <laughs> you can definitely see its influence like on future films. Oh. The Eric is essentially just the Joker. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally the exact same. Um, I wrote that in my notes. He yeah, is he is like Heath's Joker. It's so it uncanny. Really of, like the pencil scene in The Dark Knight was very much similar to when Eric goes into like where all the the, the villains are and they're all on the table mm-hmm. um, and they like all shoot and stuff. So I like, I was like, whoa, this is very similar. Yeah. And Even, then like, the face makeup as well. Yeah, I don't. That's a little weird. The Christopher Nolan has some answer like he needs the answer <laughs> yes especially with the the dead wife flashbacks oh the dead wife flashback which i also lo- did love because oh my god it's so sweet in it but it was very yeah christopher nolan dead wife flashback. yeah <laughs> which makes sense because they didn't film like they didn't film all of that stuff so they just had to yeah. do it in a montage we don't get to know her character at all no would you have liked it to have been in like what the director originally wanted black and white oh yeah that would have been so much better yes i agree because it was so dark i couldn't see anything yes yeah (laughs) so yeah black and white kind of give the noir vibes yeah it would fit it way better yeah definitely another thing is definitely like the matrix neo's character was based off of slash written for brandon and you can see that a lot in this film because he's got like the trench coat. He's running on the roof. And... Yeah. What did you think of the fight scenes in this film? Because I thought that they actually weren't the best. I love the death scenes and I love him like fighting those horrible gangs. A lot of the time he uses at the end as well. He is gone. We know that Brandon can fight. Mm-hmm. He is properly trained. I don't like seeing him use guns. I don't like yeah. it. It looked out of place. He didn't look right. <laughs> but I wanted more like kung fu. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm the same. And it could have just been, there was just so much happening like on screen. Yeah. I was just like, I don't even know what is happening right now. I was not a fan of the fight scenes, but only because it just, to me, didn't seem like it was filmed in a way where I could comprehend what was, like, who was doing what. And I think it's hard to do a group, especially with shooting. That's just yeah. boring. The scene at the end, like when they're in the church, like that's, fight scene was could have been a lot better but i do like them like fighting on the roof that was pretty cool yes that was very cool yeah yeah. and then how the main evil guy dies as well he like falls onto like the the, the oh like the gargoyle yeah yes yeah yeah and i was all leading up to that and i thought it was very effective like wow Mm -hmm. but yeah oh my god also it didn't stop slimming rain in yeah. <laughs> oh my god like they say it's got to stop someday yeah <laughs> stop, like. the movie didn't even listen to that <laughs> no yeah i thought also, i love that vibe i love it i love when it rains i love when it's drizzly that is like my perfect weather this is why i think why i like this film so much <laughs> <laughs> would you live there oh my god i would love it but like, i'd have to be like, like protected <laughs> yeah you'd be like i want to be with eric oh exactly. yeah <laughs> I can't be with Eric. We all know that turned out. I don't know yeah. Shelly. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like a Sarah type. Yeah. <laughs> I 
to anyone live in this world. I'm sorry. It's like awful. I don't know. Plus, there was like the one scene at the beginning where the cop was like, this is only the 200th fire of the year or something. That's what? an all-time low. I think we just need to nuke this place. Get rid of it. Yeah, plus there are only like 12 people living there. And half of it's like gang. So yeah, yeah. just move. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's another funny thing about it is it's a very contained universe. Yes. I also thought it was funny like how Eric's character was just so overdramatic and he would just disappear when he didn't want to have a conversation with someone. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. See you later. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk. So it's gonna oh, leave. It's like his, it's like his character in Kung Fu the movie. They would be oh like, yeah, <laughs> just disappearing off in the night. I've also thought as well, isn't it so funny? Like they always show that band photo of them, which I have to say he looks great in. Mm-hmm. Where are these band members? Yeah, what, what happened to them? What are they thinking? Like they they don't mention them ever. Like they just show that one photo. So yeah, I was yeah. thinking about that. That's a good point though. Oh my god, though, I do love... I don't know if this was Brandon playing it, but like, I love when he played the guitar. Oh, yeah. I think he no, did. I'm sorry. But now yeah. I'm starting to think it was all from the back. Oh, yeah. And it but was, like, fun. just his hands. But either exactly. way, emo but, guitar hey, moment. It. It's part of the, the car, like, yeah. the of the- <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, you bring up the friends, I think, is a good point, because... This man literally came back from the dead and nobody is that concerned about it. Which no, is such like, like, a weird thing to omit from the story. The dead. Character, Ernie Hudson's character, he was a bit shocked at once, but he like just accepts it. Like, yeah. It's just normal. <laughs> I think that was another thing. They could have done a lot with this the fact that he came back to life and all of the the stuff with the afterlife. And yeah. I, they just didn't really. I was like, oh, I love that kind of stuff. So I just thought it was funny, though. <laughs> Even the bad guys are just accepting their fate after yeah, a certain yeah, point. Yeah. One guy that was really creeped out by it, which I kind of respect, but like, mm-hmm. other than that, you no one seems care. No. <laughs> They're just like, oh, oh, yeah, I know you. I killed you last year. I like, you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also love the little actor crow as well. Oh, yeah. Was, I think it was more like a it raven. It was a raven. But I love him. Acting yeah. for his life. I love that. What a duo. Yeah. Eric and the Raven. And yeah, and obviously Eric Draven. Yeah. Eric Draven. But why is it called the Crow? But once again. And he quotes Poe's the Raven. Like, why was it called the Crow? <laughs> There's probably an answer for this, but like, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, Eric the Raven. Like, <laughs> you, you could have just called him Eric the Crow and fine with it. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. But yes, the Raven actors were like one of the best parts of the film. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I also really love the soundtrack. Yes. Yeah. It's giving Evanescence. It's giving <laughs> Grimo. I love it. Kind of reminds me of Twilight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> In a yes. good way. Like hardcore Twilight. Yeah. Give Twilight had gore. Yes. <laughs> And drugs. Eric B. Edward. Wait, who would win though in an angsty man? The so angsty. Um, yeah. no, it would be, be a tie. <laughs> Eric was so angsty. He like, really was. When he, like when he came out of the grave, this is a, this is a compliment as well. 
Mm-hmm. Framing it as if, as if it's not. But he comes out of the grave and he's like screaming in pain. It's actually like horrific. Yeah. It's so good and incredible <laughs> that I was like, oh my God, this is an actor. This is an actor like in his finest form. I thought it was uh-huh. insane. But also, yes, very angsty. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And the makeup. First of all, sorry, once again, another compliment. Yes. He looks incredible in the crow makeup. I love it so much. The makeup stuff is really cool. And I watched this. There's this TV show called Cursed Films or something. But originally there was this character called uh, the Skeleton. What was it? Oh, Skull Cowboy. And he, they built this whole prosthetic thing for the actor. And it looks really awesome. But they ended up having to cut his character because they just, they couldn't film any scenes with him because and because he just talked to Brandon because he was like his spirit guide which kind of would explain a lot of the gaps and would add in like the supernatural element but they just had to cut him out honestly the movie kind of reminded me of Spawn (laughs) oh my god like in a good way. I mean, it's a compliment. Critically acclaimed crow is like Spawn. And I, I love Spawn. Yeah. Yeah. Same vibes. Like maybe I that's just like a nineties thing. John Leguizamo's awful character in that would work in the crow. Oh yeah, the clown. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the clown. <laughs> the clown. He would fit right in. And, oh my god! Even yeah, we're like, like his name's not. It's not Spawn. It's that's not his name, is it? I don't think so. no, but the, the basically the afterlife where he yeah in, it literally looks like the place that is in the crow yeah. <laughs> okay, so I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, it was. I think that that was a big '90s thing, and sometimes I vibe with it, and sometimes I don't. So yes, but I think that's yeah. also as well with the crow. It does not horribly mm-hmm. it age it a bit. Yes, yeah. we were like the effects aren't the best. No, um, I keep saying it. The bit with the palm, and then like, it, like, but it's been shot through, and then it like uh-huh. magically sews itself up. I think it looks really cool. Yeah, but, but yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> I think they could have rendered it a bit better. Yeah, if it was made today, say. Although, never want to remake. Never ever ever want to remake. Yeah, no, no, no. I think it just is the '90s. I don't think you could really do anything with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no way, no way. Yeah. But yeah, that's about all I have on the the film itself. I don't know if you want to get into other stuff, but this is just something I learned that I thought was really weird. The scene when he was when Brandon was killed, and that's not actually in the film, thankfully. Yeah, but you didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he, he's like pull out the window. Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to. He came into the house or like the apartment, and the, he finds the bad guys there. Yeah. And he, so he got shot, but originally he was, they were just supposed to throw a knife at him. And then the day of the director changed it to him getting shot. Yeah. I just thought that was very strange. Um, it's yeah, very odd. And yeah. So I think maybe there's a lot of rumors around the movie being cursed and all that maybe it was I don't know but I think that detracts from what really happened and real people were affected deeply affected like I think it's okay to talk about what happened and maybe how it is 
very suspicious, but I don't think like all of the theories and stuff are necessary and really just talk about Brandon's performance and him as an actor and all of that stuff. I mean, as much as I don't like this film, I I have a lot of respect for the people that worked on it and what they went through. Yes. I detest the the curse moniker on films or on people as well. So yeah, I hate it when people just say this is a curse film. It was just like, it was just negligence. And I think like everyone was on cocaine or something like the people just were not. It was not a good, it was not a good set. Yeah. yeah. Let's be real. It wasn't a good set to be on. But like I said, I still don't think that deserves to be called cursed or whatever. Just it's awful what happened. That's like not the really the important thing about. Yes. Any of this. Don't watch the crow to be like. Oh, let's see if we can spot the double or the scene when it happened. No, watch The Crow because it's a bloody good film and Brandon Lee is excellent in it. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite film of his. Yep, hit showdown. Um, <laughs> and I just think it's the best. One big thing, especially with uh, how Brandon died young and on a movie set and all that, that draws a lot of comparisons between him and his father. And one thing... I've noticed like in watching their films and researching and all that stuff, there's a lot of comparisons between the two of them, both negative and positive. And I was just wondering what you thought about all of that, because it's just something I've noticed to a very extreme degree that you just don't really catch as much with other children of famous people. Yeah. I think it's definitely probably because they sadly did both die young. And on the peak of their careers, I feel like that's probably, minus the fact that they're literal father and son, I think that's quite a strong comparison to see, which is just so sad. The thing that I hate the most about it, though, is that, yeah, and so they mentioned this in the Bruce Lee or biography we read, where Brandon will always be like a footnote in his father's life. Like, he's always, he will always be compared to that. Maybe it's also a problem with firstborn sons and things like that with their father. Especially with Brandon as such charm and own star appeal. Mm-hmm. like other nepo babies do not have he like <laughs> deserves actual praise and not just because he's related to bruce lee the bruce lee mm-hmm. so yeah i do hate the comparisons brandon will always have that on him like bruce lee's son so like hopefully like when you watch his films and stuff like that you forget about that as well yeah you can look at him as like a proper actor what do you think yeah i agree because I was watching all of these interviews that he did and literally every single interview, they just wanted to talk about Bruce Lee. And as much as I love Bruce, I just think it's like your kid is their own person, like their individual person. Yeah. And his father died when he was a child. I don't think he would really want to talk about that. And just because he's Bruce Lee doesn't mean it's okay for you to talk about him. Yeah. Because that was a really traumatizing experience for yeah. Brandon, especially growing up with his father being so famous. There's this story about how he went, Brandon went to the movies one time and there was a trailer for the Bruce Lee biopic that we're going to talk about next week. But, and like he saw some random kid like playing him That's in so this weird. film. Yeah. And I think that would just be so surreal and like really yeah. put into perspective for me that this is a real person seeing this 
film or whatever, like being made about his family and his father. Yep. And just because he's famous doesn't make it okay or anything like that. It's like real life Truman Show vibes, isn't it? Yeah. His life is okay for a film to be made about it. What? There's tons of biopics out there, but yeah, usually they get made way far ahead and he was approached to play his father like in the film and he turned it down because he thought that would be really weird and uncomfortable (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is understandable yeah that is Um, weird (laughs) but yeah I just think people don't realize that their experience like just witnessing Bruce Lee on film is different than like his own kid yes having to deal with all of that yeah you'll never know that feeling yeah But can I just say, though, obviously we're doing this. We're doing Bruce and Brandon. And I think that's really good because also, I know I'm just saying like they shouldn't be compared. I'm not talking about comparisons. I think when people talk about Bruce Lee, I really think they should also mention Brandon as well. Just because I think it's such an important note. Like when I watched that Be Water documentary, which I actually thought was okay. I thought it was quite a good doc. I knew everything. (laughs) It was all very, very surface level. They didn't even mention Brandon at all. Obviously, like when he was born, but like, he didn't. They didn't mention what happened to him, and I feel like that's quite important to the story. Yeah. And obviously, so they had Shannon talking. She read Lincoln Bruce's diaries, and like Linda, Bruce's wife was talking. But just and we had one throwaway line by Shannon talking about when her father, when her brother died twenty years later. And I don't know. I just think it was just a bit of an odd choice, and I just think we should like. I think we should, people should talk about them both. Because mm-hmm. obviously, I know Bruce Lee's film legacy is obviously bigger than Brandon's, but. I just feel like they deserve to be spoken about together. Brandon was carrying on his father's legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know like how willing of a participant he was. And I get you can't like, I don't think I'd want to try and measure up to someone like that. But yeah, he definitely carved his own path and you can respect them as individuals, but it is important to talk about them together and it is weird that he does seem to be very much missing from bruce's story yes well that's a good segue into the legacy that bruce, bruce yeah made. bruce is not definitely not the first person to make kung fu films but he was basically the first person to bring them to american audiences in hollywood and so that spurned huge stars like branching off of that and like more films martial arts films in Hollywood so I'm just I was wondering what you thought about all of those and also something I noticed is like a lot of the actors are usually like white guys well that's interesting yeah who are you name names (laughs) like Chuck Norris and Steven Seagal Jean-Claude Van Damme when I think about like Bruce Lee's legacy within film, I do think of the fact that like, the likes of Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh, mm-hmm. who I know we already mentioned, but like how like their films were like shown in Hollywood as well, like Police Story, or like how they were put in, like how Michelle Yeoh was in James Bond and things like that. So like, I feel like that opened the door to so many like Asian actors being able to break Hollywood. He just definitely paved the way for Asian actors to so not mm-hmm. just be like a silent person in the background like servitude and things like that I love his legacy and I think what he did for that community is just incredible I think I just brought up brought that up because I think it's just a trend like within Hollywood is to cash in on other communities and 
like take sort of like take advantage of what's popular within those communities and with those people but then they have to like make them quote-unquote like more palatable for American audiences more like marketable yeah Yeah, yeah. which usually means it is a white person I have a lot of time for people like Chuck Norris only because (laughs) I know how much they trained in the martial arts but yeah, some actors are like just trained for a film site. I'm like, no. But like, yeah. the ones who actually perfect the craft, I quite like. I'm yeah. Like partial too. Well, it has, like, it did open up a lot of roles for Asian actors. Yeah. They also, some people didn't like that. That was the only type of role they could play as the action star. Yes, yeah. I had a quote from someone, L.S. Kim, who is an assistant professor of film at University of California said that Bruce Lee changed the way Asian males were portrayed in Hollywood. He presented idealized strength and masculinity, but he couldn't help the racism that was in Hollywood that studios began to typecast people. What you see on the screen largely depends on the people who write the script, on the producers who greenlight the film. They were just trying to say it's not Bruce Lee's fault of the typecasting, but he is like the one that broke the barriers. Yes for actors to get cast what i get from that is like yeah we should have more people of color in like the writers room Mm -hmm. and like making the films yeah as well so i think that's yeah very true yeah so i do think it's interesting that people tend to like blame if i do hear of it like they try to blame bruce lee or like jackie chan for causing this issue but it's really more just like the people who are in charge that are the issue, which I think is a case for any sort of typecasting at all, even if it's not racially motivated. And then I guess with Brandon, he kind of like represented the 80s and 90s style of martial arts films. I think Brandon's left behind a legacy with The Crow, just The Crow alone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's changed horror films and I don't dare I say it, superhero films forever. Like, <laughs> what, comic book, adaptation films. So I could have a legacy in a different way as well, which I really like. If they hadn't died when they did, what would we have liked to have seen them do? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I had this weird thought about Bruce. I'll yeah. just say, I actually feel, I feel like he might not, I think he might have stopped acting and actually mm-hmm. just become like a producer. Yeah. And like a writer. Because he loved that sort of side of it. When he like mm-hmm. directed Where the Dragon. He got loads of like books on to read on like how to do it and like the art of cinema. And so like for me, I actually see him becoming more like a filmmaker. Yeah. Than an actor. Yeah. That makes sense. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Because he hated authority. So I think if he was the authority, then he would make things a lot better for everybody else. Because he did care about everybody else. It was just like the big people that he didn't like. Did you have any roles? In mind. I actually did. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, mention her again. I feel like <laughs> Bruce would have been just great in the Michelle Yeoh action films in uh-huh. Hong Kong. I would have been actually just stayed in Hong Kong, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I know they were getting mobbed all the time and stuff. I just feel like that market was great. And the yeah. 80s action films, I could just see him being in those. Mm-hmm. I also love, it's not an 80s film, it's a Wuxia film from the 70s called The Touch of Zen. And he loved reading Wuxia novels and so feel like he could have been put in that as well and yeah things like that and then I also did put in I hope this isn't basic but I did put him in for everything everywhere all at once okay I um, haven't seen that it's so good it's so good and I know we did this blind casting in a way mm-hmm. but he would be in his 80s now 
And so he would have played like James Hong's character, because I think they would have probably been around the same age. I yeah. think James Hong's a bit old, probably like 10 years old, I don't know. But um, I feel like Bruce still be so limber and like he yeah. fight and stuff. And like, I know like I know James Hong isn't like fighting, but yeah. I could just see him in that like role. Would you like to have seen him and Brandon in a movie together? I would yeah. have loved to see them in a film <laughs> together. Yes, yes. Oh my God, Brandon could have... What throws me off the most is that Brandon would be a year younger than my parents, which oh, really yeah. messes me up. He could have been... I actually I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he Kwan's character? Brandon Lee Oscar, who would have known? Yeah. <laughs> I've got some Brandon ones, but do you want to okay. say some Bruce ones then? Sure. What yeah. have for Bruce? Okay, there's this Jean-Paul Belmondo film called Up to His Ears, and it's like a, it's not quite like James Bond, but it's like that same vibe. It's a little spoofy, though. It's very much like a slapstick comedy, and he plays this, he's like this emo boy he even has oh the hair is so bad he's like an emo he look of a picture yeah he's he's very rich he's very bored with his life and then he goes on this adventure because i think he it's something to do with like money i'm not sure but he ends up going like all around places in asia there's lots of like physical comedy and lots of stunts he could have done i just i think i would have really liked to have seen Bruce in just like a comedy like a straight up comedy film yeah but he could still put some of that action in there too yeah but that's very 60s like a French film so I don't know if he would have fit in that vibe but that I see it I see it (laughs) we talk about this movie every time but I think he could have been great replacing Dean Martin in the wrecking crew oh my god Yes, Dean Martin does not fit that role at all. He's supposed to be like this sexy, suave spy. And Bruce yeah. would have been amazing at that. And I just like the vibes are so icky because Dean Martin is 20 years older than all of the women <laughs> and alcoholic and, and sweaty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I think Bruce would have just nailed that. Yeah, I was thinking more like age, like realistic age thing. I don't know if this is weird, but like, a meet the parents type movie where like he's Robert De Niro. Oh my god! Oh my god! I am laughing <laughs> because I could just picture it so well. That is incredible. And maybe instead of no, having a daughter, it could be Brandon, and then like his awkward fiance. I don't know. <laughs> we need someone to play Bruce Lee's wife, though. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think get Nancy Kwan. They were great together. I really, yeah. I like shit. We'll go Norm Yao again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I kind of was having a hard time, like, casting him in any yes. of, like, martial arts or, like, action films. Yep. I don't know. I just really feel like he just existed so much in the time periods when he existed. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. Like, in a good way. I kind of had this weird, like, Catch-22 where it's, like, he... It seems like he was too early for his time, but then like later films wouldn't exist without him. Yes. So it's like, yeah. I, I don't, it's hard to like fathom. He was way ahead of its time. Yeah. But then also, yeah, like when would the time begun without him? He was the catalyst for it. I was just starting to think it had to happen the way it happened. Did you want to talk about Brandon? 
I don't have too many for Brandon. Okay. Also, I'll go just check my notes. I actually missed. We're actually, I put Bruce and Brandon in a film together. Oh, um, okay. So like, I oh god, this is gonna be so hokey and like it, it's such a cop out because it is an action film. Um, I'm very typical though. It's an action film with a lot of martial arts in, led by a white man. So yes, I am part of the problem. I'm not just really like that. <laughs> about putting them in like the John Wick franchise. Oh yeah. Because there's a really good, in the most recent one, when he goes to Japan, so obviously he wouldn't be going to Japan to see them. He'd go to Hong Kong, it's so good. But like, basically, it's who Rina is playing, and her dad is her dad, and the father-daughter duo, and fighting with John Wick in the Japanese hotel. So Bruce and Brandon do it, yeah. like a little link up. And they'd be on his side, so, you know, we don't have to watch them die, and I think it would just be fun. Like, kicking ass together, love it. That would be cool. This kind of came to me like a dream, like a vision. But I was thinking about like 90s films. One that is action, but he didn't need to be that actiony. He could have been in Speed. He would get with Sandra Blake. Of course uh-huh. he would. They would have chemistry. And up against Dennis Hopper. Hello. He's not just entirely beating up people. Yeah, there's a lot. He's giving mental support. To yeah. Sandra <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I think I'm in that type of role. Yeah. I was trying to think of like in the 90s action figures mm-hmm. of that time maybe even a little diehard moment maybe oh yeah because i think what's this i think it's diehard 2 kind of has the same oh, i can't the fact that i think laser mission the laser mission mm-hmm. script was like rewritten to be like the to make way for the diehard 2 script oh no it was rapid fire because they wrote a fire. sequel and then they That's yeah it. they like reworked it for yeah, Die Hard, too. yeah, perfect. Yeah, he could um, easily carry that like a film by himself. Yes, you know? yes. and a yeah. franchise. I feel like I would yeah. love to have seen that. I don't have any up to my head, but also okay. we, we should have had a romance film. He should have been yeah. in a romance because those <laughs> romantic scenes in the Crow. I don't care if they were like I know they're very Nolan Dead Wife montage, but yeah. <laughs> they were very cute, and very romantic as well. He wanted to be and say anything, um, yes, which is one of my favorite movies. So I. I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know, because I think John Cusack was like perfect for that role. But something like that, he would yes. have been really good in. Oh, I've just also just quickly wrote down when we were talking about the crow. Yeah. Complete opposite vibe, but I also thought Sin City. The this- Brittany Murphy one? Yes. Maybe he could have been the main guy in it, or maybe Clive Owen's character, who's the one who's with Brittany a lot. Like, that would have been quite cool. But yeah, yeah. just kind of laugh, because that's very like the crow as well. So okay. I just feel like that's like. Huh. Yeah. I was thinking like he could fit into the same niche as like Keanu and Christian Slater, Kurt Russell, that kind of vibe. So there's this move, this 80s movie called Red Dawn. I don't know if you've heard of it. I've heard of Red Dawn. I, okay. don't, know, I don't think I've seen it. It's about World War Three, but it's set in the 80s. So it's real that vibe. Yeah, the Cold War was like, was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah so obviously it's the Russians. These high schoolers are like, <laughs> like killing I Russians. It's amazing. But anyway, I think he could have replaced Patrick Swayze's character in that because he's like the older brother. He's stoic, but he has a heart of gold. And he's sort of like the leader of all these kids. And I could see Brandon doing that so easily. I think seeing him in an ensemble movie would have been good. So he never really got like a pure ensemble film. No. It's like lots of characters, but not really acting together. Yeah. Yeah. And there is some action, but it has more emotional, more of an emotional side to it because they're kids and they're, they have to kill people. And that's really depressing. So 
the survival type of movie okay this is a 90s like video game adaptation that no one likes except for me but it's called double dragon okay okay it's about these two brothers i think either one he could have played it's a crazy plot i don't need to get into it but it is like a martial arts film but there's lots of fun action it's very like super mario bros s oh i love it okay yeah (laughs) and so I think he would have been good in something like that. It was pretty comedic, pretty campy. Yeah. And then another one I had was Rumblefish, which is like one of my favorite movies ever. I love Rumblefish. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really have a role in mind. I think he could have played any of the the kids. He Maybe he could have been Motorcycle Boy. That's the Mickey Rourke character because okay. yeah. it's like his character in rapid fire where he's always riding around on this motorcycle and he's very angsty i'll take it i'll take that so yeah we've got to this part the most depressive part of the episode but also the most hopeful part and it's what we want to remember both bruce lee and brandon lee for and what they should be remembered for i'll start with bruce so bruce i think like he literally started a movement after enter the dragon came out i mentioned it earlier and it probably mentioned bio they're like Karate just took off. Kung Fu took off. Judo took off. Everything. His Jeet Kune Do things, books were published. He literally started this movement. I didn't even realize that yin, yin and yang weren't common things that people knew about in the West. I thought, until, I thought everyone knew yeah. that. Yeah, until literally till Bruce came along. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> we had literally scratching the surface with how much his legacy affected the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he needs to be remembered for. He needs to be remembered for being like such a trailblazer. He's a person of color in 60s Hollywood. They did not accept him. And you know what? He did not let that break him down. He went to Hong Kong because he knew what he was worth. He knew he was worth it to make films and be a film star. And I just think just amazing. And I think people need to think about that more about him, how determined he was. He was so enthusiastic about everything he did. Very knowledgeable as well. I want people to know that as well. He was so clever. And I don't want people to just see him as like this action star. I want them to see him as this extraordinary man. I was so clever and just did what he wanted to do. And he did it. He should be remembered as well for how, for the actor he was, the star he was. He was, no one fights like Bruce Lee does. (laughs) No one ever will. They're all just imitators of him. He got what he wanted for hard work. And I'm just so happy and proud that he did manage to break through that stereotype. Do you want to go to Bruce and then we'll do Brandon? Oh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I can follow that. <laughs> no, I'm glad you pointed out him just as a person because he wrote so much. Like I have a, I got a book from the library that's just like his writings on martial arts and yeah. humanity. And it's, incredibly smart he would bother people so much with like how much he would just like talk about philosophy yeah. and all that <laughs> but like it. he did have some really good things to say and I think it's hard to fathom and I'm not going to try to but like how much he really did affect the world and in ways that we probably don't know of now because it's just like a given in society yes. today but it really wasn't in the 60s, especially with philosophy and finding your inner, all that stuff. Like people weren't yeah. really 
thinking about life in that way. And also it's just martial arts as well. That wasn't something Americans even knew about until he was on the Green Hornet, which I know we didn't talk about the Green Hornet, which is cool because it's very of its time, but it definitely represents something new for Hollywood in him being there. I think in the Be Water documentary, somebody said something about like how him being on the screen is a protest in and of itself, which I thought was a really nice way of putting that. As an actor and a martial artist, he really did broaden the scope for types of films that could be made and Asian actors could star in them. And I, it makes me very upset that he didn't get to see how much his impact helped out so many other people. It made them feel represented. It made them feel seen. But he did get to see that with some of his films, especially Fist of Fury, that helped out so many Chinese citizens find their inner strength and feel very patriotic and proud of their country, which I don't think is really talked about enough. Like a film can have that much impact on someone. And... I also just think compared to like his contemporaries, like Steve McQueen or James Coburn, all those people, like he was actually like a really genuine guy and he was always trying to help other people out. He wasn't always looking out for himself, Um, which to me makes him stand out so much because most of those guys were like very self-serving and very self-centered. I don't think that's something you should do when you're that famous when you have that much power yeah and Bruce did everything he could even when he wasn't like super famous but to always help his friends out help his family out and just was always like looking out for people yeah but yeah I think just like people need to look into him more as a person yeah I feel like people think they know who he is because of x y or z yep but it's probably not true I really recommend reading the autobiography by Matthew Polly. Um, we, we both got it from the library. So much detail. Mm-hmm. It's so well researched. Um, and you just learn so much about Bruce, like his home life and things like that, um, his childhood. I would really recommend it. But I do like that you pointed out that he, ne- like, he never gave up and he easily could have. Like Doors were always shutting in his face. People were always betraying him. And he wouldn't have achieved anything if he had given up. And I think that is ultimately what killed him is he just never stopped like yeah. doing it, anything. Yeah. And so I think it was a double-edged sword there. Yeah. True with the Brandon. Sure. Or Brandon. Oh, I, love, I love Brandon Lee so much. Actually insane. I just want him to be seen as like a proper actor and not like the son of a famous, one of the most famous movie stars ever. Like, or the one who tragically lost his life on the film set like, I want him mm-hmm. to be remembered for the actor he was and the first time he's in a film that can be taken seriously and that's his last film and it's just mm-hmm. so typical and I just hate it so much but then also as well obviously in a way his death did open the door for more safety features and things like that in film mm-hmm. which like obviously is so I hate that it had to happen but it's not good like it and then obviously made people more aware, more aware. that it's, yeah. it's an it's issue yeah. yes what about you what about you I definitely feel more of a connection's not like the right word but just like more of an attachment to Brandon I think than Bruce yeah. because it really just 
obviously they both were robbed of so much, but I just feel like Brandon, I can sympathize or I don't know, like it's just different because he never really got the chance. I don't think to be his own person, um, which is not his father's fault at all, but I just feel bad that he wasn't able to really make movies that he was felt like really passionate about. However, he is still amazing in all of them and so memorable and just created such a he's just such a nice person to watch on yes. screen. Like it's yeah, just like a calming presence. Yeah. Like, I, I I feel safe in his hands. Yeah. He was a really genuine person and yes. People who worked with him had only good things to say. And he was always putting in his best work at all times. And just, I think a big thing was like, he liked to connect with people that he worked with, get to know them. It wasn't just like, you're my coworker kind of thing. Like you're someone I am working with on a more personal level. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Definitely that vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His ability to bring a lot of depth to his characters that probably didn't have that much to start with or on paper is really commendable those roles could have been like so boring or so silly in a bad way but he really just made them feel as realistic as possible yeah (laughs) which is like a high compliment considering some of this dialogue that we were saying earlier (laughs) he breathed life into these characters no one else could make any of these work yeah (laughs) no one else could say those lines he said and be like yeah that's something a a human would say (laughs) (laughs) that's normal but yeah I'm in the same boat like I just need him to be recognized through his films not through his father or through his death which is unfortunately how I like literally only ever hear him yeah. And I think even if the movies like aren't your thing, that doesn't mean they're dumb or he's a bad actor. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Watch those films, read the autobiography, even read Bruce's words as well. I mm-hmm. just think they are two great actors that more people need to be into yeah. and know about. I love them so much. Can I get that in again? <laughs> I don't think I we made it clear. <laughs> I'm like really pleased that we did them because yes. I wasn't expecting to just really like them as much as I do. Same. Yeah. 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 I didn't think it would be like this. Me neither. <laughs> and now I'm like really excited to watch more Hong Kong cinema and yes. martial arts movies and all yep. that stuff. So I think now I will definitely try more out. And I need to watch more like female led films as yes. well. Yeah. Um, Love that. Yeah, we have had a blast doing this. Oh yeah, we don't want to end this. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I'm like sad. I was depressed doing it, but like in a good way. And I'm gonna be like depressed not doing it. No, right. I'm gonna miss them. I'm gonna miss my boy. Yeah. yeah. So much. I guess that's a good thing about movies is you can watch them whenever you want to. See always them. have them. Yeah. Should we do? The six degrees. Oh my god, yes, okay. <laughs> okay. This is my shoddy attempt at the last one. Where I'm like, <laughs> hoping you'd forget. Sorry. <laughs> Are we ready? 
Bruce yeah. Lee is in Enter the Dragon with John Saxon, who plays the worst character ever. Okay, <laughs> John Saxon. Now, this is what Letterbox says, okay? Okay. He is in A Star is Born, 1954 version. Oh. With James Mason. I go on James Mason's Letterbox profile. Mm-hmm. One of his top films is a film called The Verdict. And I recognize the man on the poster who is Paul Newman. <laughs> Are you ready for this? I yeah. mentioned this film earlier in the pod. Paul Newman is in the Silver Chalice <laughs> with Natalie Wood. And Natalie Wood is in the Ghost of Mrs. Moore with Jean Tierney. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bow down. I actually, it was, I was laughing so hard. Thank you, James Mason. He always gets a mention as well. Yeah, it's that's <laughs> funny. James Mason. It's like the not what I expected. Is on the le- on the Star Is Born letterbox. Mm-hmm. I literally cannot find John Saxon's name. Oh, it's on weird. John Saxon's profile. So I'm taking that. Okay, let me do a Google. I don't doubt you. I was just been no curious. Yeah, yeah. He played movie premiere Usher. Oh my god! Because he was <laughs> young actually. That's twenty years before. Yeah. That's so funny. I'll show it. We found it. We found it. <laughs> yes. Thank you all so much for listening along. I'm sure it was a long episode, but I hope it was an entertaining one. <laughs> we certainly had a lot of fun. And make sure to check out some of these films that we mentioned. Next week, we'll be talking about Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, which is a 1993 biopic. And then we'll probably also talk a little bit about Bruce's depiction in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because there's a lot you can get into with that. Should be a good episode and check it out next week. Beautiful wrap up. I'm going to leave you with the last line said in the crow, because I think it's quite poignant and quite true. So here it goes. If the people we love are stolen from us, the way to have them live on is to never stop loving them. Buildings burn, people die, but real love is forever. And if that's not the ethos of this podcast, I don't know what is. True. Beautiful. <laughs> what an episode. Yeah. Oh man, a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Gone But Not Forgotten podcast. This episode was co-hosted and edited by me, Audrey Cornell, and co-hosted by Louise Coleman. The music was written by Nia D'Amelio. Gone But Not Forgotten is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.